Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dad Lab Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. On today's episode in the news desk, we talk about people buying grass-stained jeans, and we also discuss the release of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. We're back with another Mount Rushmore segment where we list our favorite living comics. We're going to introduce a new segment named Pick Your Poison, and we continue our movie watch and review with the 1992 classic Three Ninjas. We're also going to recap some NFL Week 2 action and look ahead to Week 3. And of course, we can't forget about everyone's favorite segment, 60 Seconds on Big Brother. We have all that and more on this episode of the Dad Lab Podcast. And before we begin, we want to ask you to please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Dad Lab Pod, and you can leave us feedback and questions at the Dad Lab Pod at gmail.com. So what's been going on, man? Well, we got the new oven in today, thank God. So that means pot pies? That I had a pot pie today. <laughs> I've been saving that package has been partially open and sitting in the freezer for a week, just staring at me and mocking me. So they delivered it today. Took back the old one for like a small fee while Claire was at the house, and she sent me a picture of it. And as soon as I got home, I mean, we just kind of messed with the minute, you know, checked everything out. And, um, I mean, 10 minutes after I got home, pot pies were in the oven. They had to cook forever, but, God, it was worth it. I mean, it was like buttery crust, delicious toppings. It's everything I, I had hoped for and waited a whole week for. So that was delicious. And um, my buddy Paul, who actually um sent me a crock pot randomly because you know i was telling him we were going to try to make our pot roast but we had to borrow my mom's and it was like a it was more like a it was like more like a queso crock pot like you could make a really good queso dip in it but you could make a three and a half pound chuck roast with potatoes and carrots and i was kind of venting to my buddy about that and he just asked for my address later that day and kind of cautiously gave it to him and he was like yeah just you know be on the lookout for tuesday and sure enough i got this extra large like family of 10 crock pot and um just shout out to paul man i appreciate that so i'm gonna we're gonna be eating good here from now on because the new oven has an air fryer and we got a new crock pot so i'm about to put on them lbs dude that's such a clutch feature having an air fryer and the oven i don't even know how to use it but i'm so excited that we got it like it was one of the only ones that had it that where we looked at and it was still like medium price range you know so it was like no brainer yeah no brainer like, I don't know, I'm going to have to watch, like, a YouTube video on it, but I'm stoked to just, like, make some wings in there, or probably just wings. I mean, I don't know what else I'll do with it, but I'll figure it out. There, I think there's a Twitter account uh, called Will It Air Fry, and they just test different foods, and they see if it'll air fry and how good it comes out. Yeah, like I said, it's all going to be trial and error, but I'm just happy to have, like, this past week, I've had cereal, I had sandwiches, I had the microwavable dinosaur nuggets you know that your kids have which are the best kind the tyson little dinosaur nuggets but i've been just dying for like a pot roast for, for a, like steak, a legit meal for a burger yeah because i mean i could grill outside but i want to get home when it's hot in texas and grill so it's like we're gonna be just eating good for like the rest of our lives well good, <laughs> good. until this oven blows up well, it's like you put all that out in the universe, and then all of a sudden a crock pot comes out. Dude, that was a total surprise. And I had told him, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to send you something. He didn't tell me what. And I was like, oh, well, I appreciate that. And I was actually like going to send him something. I got these Stars pins, 
and I was going to turn them into magnets like I did for some of the guys a few years ago. I got new ones, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to send you this, so we'll be, we'll be even. Not even close. And then I was like, holy shit, man, this thing probably costs $100. And he's like, yeah. He's like, your story was pretty sad, and it made me laugh, so enjoy your pot roast. And I was like, well, enjoy your magnet. <laughs> I so, appreciate it. So he found out you needed a crock pot through the podcast. No, oh. maybe, but no, I don't think so, because... um. I think I just texted him out of frustration. I texted you. He listens. Don't get me wrong, but I think I texted you and, and Paul about it because I was, I had such grand plans this weekend, you know, like crock pot and watch the stars game and slow cook it overnight, which we got to watch the stars and everything. And me and Claire had a good night without Elizabeth, but we got my, I got my mom's crock pot and I'm looking at it and I was telling him, I don't think it's going to work. You know, like, don't you have another one? And she's like, no, that's, that's one we always use. You can cut it in half and, I was like, this isn't going to work. So we didn't even go to the store and bother buying all the veggies. And I think I was texting Paul because we're talking about the game that was coming up because he's a big Stars fan. And I'm like, I'm not even going to be able to have pot roast this weekend. Like, this sucks. You know, like typical white people problems. And then, um, yeah, he just, like, asked me for my address. And I thought he was going to, like, write me a, a card worth his condolences because I couldn't eat. And then, sure enough, man, pot roast shows up. Or uh, Crock-Pot shows up. So Good, man. It's good to know you got friends out there that got your back. Yeah, it's good to know. I just have friends, honestly. <laughs> when you get when you get in your mid thirties, you're just happy. Yeah, I'm just happy to have a friend. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy. <laughs> like I got Paul and a yeah. few others. Like I seriously, you know, can count them all like on both my hands. So I appreciate it. Well, the better your week sounds better than mine. And mine was really boring, other than last night when we had to make a midnight trip to the ER. <laughs> uh, my kid decided to stick a popcorn kernel in his ear, and I almost got it with tweezers, but his little ears are so small. I couldn't get the tweezers open wide enough to get around it and pluck it out. And I was just, I was pushing it further and further in just by a little and little. And he was fine. Like he was letting me dig around there. And then I think on my last attempt, I may have pulled like, you know, like a small little hair, like when I was trying to pull the kernel out and that kind of hurt him. And then I was talking to Lauren. I was like, Hey, I think we're going to need to go to the hospital. And as soon as I said Mm -hmm. that H word, he flipped shit and it took about 30 minutes of bribes and calming him down. So we finally got him to the hospital and it took longer to get him in and them get into a room than it did to take it out. Yeah. So they tried tweezers first, but it kept slipping. And then they, Lauren said they had this like little scoop kind of utensil and they just, they got the kernel tool. That they, happens before. Well, what's funny is, uh, <laughs> When the nurse practitioner came in, and like, what are you here for? Is he sick? Is he running fever? And she's like, no, he just got a popcorn popcorn kernel in his ear. She's like, oh, that makes number three tonight. And she's like, what? all popcorn kernels? And she's like, no, but we, this is the third kid that we've had to get something out of his out of their ear. Yeah, it's so, like a rite of passage. Yeah. I mean, he I, just joined an exclusive club. I think night. I stuck like a, a Hot Wheels wheel up my nose when I was little. And I wish it was up his nose instead of in his ear because... I saw this trick on YouTube or Facebook or something, but if your kid gets something up his no up their nose, you plug whatever side doesn't have something in it, yeah. and then you blow in their mouth, and usually it'll shoot out. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know why I didn't think about it, but I, I had a vacuum with like a little attachment. I should have just got the vacuum out and tried to like suck it out, but I don't know. We weren't thinking, but yeah. So seventy five dollars later, and a, I promised him an Xbox game. What game you get? He got Hello Neighbor. Oh yeah, he was playing that. Yeah, so there's three when Hello. Over. There's three Hello Neighbor games. 
So I got him the other two. They had a bundle. I, I gotta admit, he's pretty terrible at that game, but I guess he just likes to play. Yeah, he, it, and it's not like the original Hello Neighbor. It's kind of messed up because, like, I think in the dude, that game was scaring me when he would get caught. Well, I think in the original one, like the dude like murders his family. What the fuck? Because the, this is a total kids game. Well, this no, very, it's not. Like, but it looks like it visually yeah. watching. It, I was like, this looks like a game for children. Come to find but... out, it was like rated teen which i didn't realize until oh, i bought yeah. it like i need to be better and he's usually just playing minecraft or skate, skate yeah. or uh, he's getting into fortnite here recently but fortnite's not bad i don't think um but yeah so the opening scene shows a ball rolling down the street and then you're that's when you're able to control your player and you're running after this ball and the ball stops and it's like a cut scene and you see the neighbor in, you know, through his window and he's like dragging. You can see him like dragging somebody by their feet. You can see their feet like kind of sticking up and him dragging. And then he puts them in a closet and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? What did I buy you? Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, buddy, why don't we play blah, blah, blah. But um, anyway, so yeah, last night, late night trip to the ER, got home about two in the morning um, and then... For him being so brave, we stayed up for an hour or so and played video games, and then I think he really did it to get out of yeah. going to school today. I think he had a plan all along. So he took I. a safe approach. You know, Colonel's small enough to where it can easily get out. Nothing's going to damage his eardrum. And then you, you showered him with, like, candy and games, and he got to hang out with yeah. his dad. And That's right. Play Stay games up late, today. I mean, skip school. The things I would stick in my ear if I could stay home from work <laughs> and just like play video games and like smoke and like snack all day. Like he took me, man. He took me big time. But yeah, other than that, just working and watching watching sports, um, and just hanging out. I told you I applied to grad school. I got accepted, oh, so right. I got to decide if I want to make that financial commitment and. Get into school mode again. Paid out over time, right? Or payment plan or something, I hope. Well, I was looking I was looking at cause the loans for a master's program, um, anything post undergrad, the loans are completely different. Like if you get a loan for undergrad, you can uh you have like six months to a year before you start paying on it and then interest doesn't accrue until you graduate. That's good. At least for an upper for graduate level and doctorate level loans, they start accruing interest the moment you accept that money. So it's just and the rates are higher. There's like it's like seven percent interest, and then there's like a four percent. Um, there's like a four percent uh, servicing fee on top of that. So I just gotta you know I gotta decide whether I want to you know take that plunge and yeah and do all that. It's fucked up. You have to decide if you're willing to sacrifice money you know, hurt your family now financially to hopefully, you know, obviously help them out in the long run, but shit, nothing's easy. It's a game, dude. Yeah, it's a full commitment, which I know you'll be able to do. It's just taking that big jump. Yeah. Oh, technical difficulties. We're we're working with new equipment. We both got new mics, so. Turn the knob one way and it loosens it, the other tightens it, and I just figured out which way loosens it. Hey, stuff happens <laughs> and with, we're back with hot mics yeah we're back all right so let's move on to the news desk um and this first story comes from barstool sports um and they're usually good for you know some crazy stories here here and there but the headline reads, Gucci releases $800 grass-stained jeans. And if you want to take a look and see what they look like, I put a picture up on our Instagram, which is the Dad Lab Pod. 
uh, on Instagram, but, and I showed them to you, they are legit just, I mean, their jeans just look like old Navy jeans and they've got like, they don't even look like good grass stains. It's just like green streaks running up and down. They don't even look like grunge to me. I pictured like ripped jeans being more grunge. This looks like a dad who just spent all his day gardening. Rolling after, around after on the grass. cut the grass and then he rolled around with his kids and then he pulled some weeds. That's what it looks like to me. Grunge would be like, you know, a track mark from a vein in your leg and ripped holes in there. And like, you know, it comes with like a lighter and a syringe built in. Well, and it's funny you mentioned grunge because that's what Gucci, they made a, you know, they kind of yeah, made a statement. nothing says grunge like Gucci. Right. And Gucci says they, they thought that they could market these jeans, jeans to people who like the idea of having grass stains on their jeans because it's grunge, but are far too rich to ever end up in a situation that would result in grass stains. Yeah, no, no manual labor would be done to result in grass stains, so they buy $800 pair of jeans. But that's like, that's like the look, like. We, you see like celebs like on TMZ or you see pictures of them like you see them in like ripped up holy sweaters that cost like twenty three hundred dollars. Well, then my dad is the coolest, fashionist dresser around because he wears nothing but like old clothes with like you know the same jeans for twenty years and shirts that's you know shirts the same shirts for twenty. Like God bless him. But and then I'm scrolling through the article and it says and it shows a picture on World Star Hip Hop. It says Kylie Jenner wears the Yeezy twenty six hundred dollars sweater. Look at this. It's an oversized. It looks like it's like four sizes too big. It's hanging off one shoulder. It's got holes all in it. But because it says because it's Yeezy and it's twenty six hundred dollars, you can buy a legit decent used vehicle. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah, is that's a that's a decent used vehicle, or you can buy that shitty torn up sweater. And then there's a there's another brand called Golden Goose. And Never heard of it, thankfully. They're they're they make high end shoes, but they were selling seven hundred dollar. They look like some old like not Chucks, but like Converse with like the star on them, mm-hmm. and they they have a piece of literally a piece of tape over them, and they were selling them for seven hundred dollars, and they sold out. I'm glad. But I just don't understand fashion. Apparently, I don't, I, and I'm not a hip like a, not a hipster, but I'm not like a. I don't get all the hype beast stuff and like the sneakerhead stuff. I don't get that. No, I don't. And I, I'm gonna say something, and I'm something I never said I would say, but my dad would always because when we were coming up, there was a time where the ripped jeans were in. Mm-hmm. And my dad would always say, "Well, if I wanted ripped jeans, I would just wear them and like." Till they got rips in them naturally. I didn't buy them like that. Well, grass-stained jeans, I would... I remember my mom getting mad because I would go play football after school or play whatever after school in my jeans and get grass stains on them. I remember getting mad at me for going out and playing in my good jeans. (laughs) So when I wanted grass-stained jeans, I would have to go out and, like, actually earn the grass stains. I just don't understand all this hype beast stuff. Like, like, all these kids wearing, like, Supreme and Off-White this. and I I don't know, man. This is, you're talking to a guy who gets almost all of his clothes from like Target, yeah. Or like if my wife takes me to TJ Maxx and yeah. then I order like, you know, Stars, Cowboys, Mavericks, Ranger band, shirts, band, t-shirts. And band shirts online. Yeah. Other than that, when we go to Target, I'll look for a couple pair. You know, like oh, I like these shorts or this shirt. And it's like a plain shirt and like plain pants. Yeah. We're... I'm the most basic dresser. And my favorite gift to get is like a new pair of socks. Oh yeah. And then like Reeboks and Crocs are like the only shoes I wear. And I have a few pairs of like new balance. So I'm already like settled in to dad mode when it comes to dressing like denim jeans, belt, plain t-shirt, new balances or Reeboks. 
with like, and I pull my socks up, like my my tan line on my socks are. I noticed them when I walked hard, in today. But you were and the socks are riding high. Today. They always ride high, man. And I've been it's white socks, you know, up to your calf. That's the way I've been rocking it for years. So you're talking to a guy who has who literally cares little about his physical appearance. I just wear a hat all day. You know what I mean? Like, so none of this makes sense to me. We're big Old Navy people. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's affordable. I mean, and it's decent clothes. Or I'll, like, I'll, like you, I'll get something at Target or, hell, like, I'll, I'll rock Walmart stuff. I like, don't I don't care. That much. I don't, I really don't care. And any, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'd rather my kid, and he's not like this now, but there's going to come a point to where they're going to care about. He's going to want the new sneakers. Or... And having... You know, whatever Under Armour shirts or whatever American Eagle or whatever's popular now, but uh, I'd rather save all the money and have you know have him in that stuff. But yeah, I just don't get it. Man, I'll find great finds at like a thrift store. Yeah, and rock those shirts. Yeah, uh, Goodwill, like the actual like Goodwill stores, mm-hmm. they're good for that. Hell yeah. Like Lauren goes to the ones up in like Frisco because like what those That's people out there are donating. Right there, like yeah. yeah, she'll come back with some cool stuff. Oh, I bet, especially um, in Frisco, absolutely. All right, so the next item on the news desk is we're getting close to the release of the next generation of consoles. Um, we've talked about it. We we both love video games. Um, so PlayStation is releasing the PS5, and the Xbox is releasing the Xbox Series X. Yeah, two, day, two days apart. Two right? days apart. So... Um, uh, PS5 is going to drop on November 12th, and the Xbox Series X is going to drop on November 10th. Both of them are going to have um, digital-only versions, which means they don't have a disk drive. They don't take any physical media. Um, it'll be you know digital-only, which is I feel like that, that's where it's that, going. Yeah, the way of the future. They're trying to push it because they'd probably get their manufacturing down from pushing out those discs yeah you know, save money on that and just you just straight download that's kind of where everything's going it so. makes sense and i think when i saw the ps5 i believe was 200 dollars cheaper instead um, of 599 it was 399 so to get the, the ps5 with the disc drive is 500 and then it's 400 for the digital uh, 100 only. bucks off but still. and then the xbox is 500 for the disc drive and then 300 for the digital Holy only shit. i believe um and both of them are pushing native 4k with a possibility for 8K in the future. Both of them have 60 frames per second, and they can push upwards in some situations to 120 frames per second. Um, Xbox, the Series X is going to be 360 and Xbox One um, compatible, so you're going to be able to play those games on there. And then PS5, I believe, is only going to be able to play PS4 games. Um, And then they both basically have the same CPU, um... The Xbox has a little edge um, in that, and uh, the GPU as well. Um, Xbox is clocked in at 12 teraflops at 1.8 gigahertz, and then um, PS5 is clocked in at 10.28 teraflops at 2.23 gigahertz. So they're right there. And it really, just like every other uh, consoles that have come out, it's it's just preference. Like I know people that are diehard PlayStation guys, yeah. and then people that are diehard Xbox. Yeah, I've never owned a an xbox and i've owned every console from one to four of playstation yeah so i'm a playstation guy you know apparently i i guess i'm an xbox guy but i own both like i own a ps4 and an xbox one x now i mean and then i did the same thing with ps3 and 360 um 
I had a PS2 and a regular Xbox. I had a PS1. I had a Dreamcast. I had a Super. I've had them all. Genesis. I've had them all. So I, I've got to pick one to get at first, and then I'll probably uh, I'll get both. Well, you could do those. Say, oh, the PS5 is for me, and the Xbox is for Landry. Right. <laughs> to explain that to your wife. Drop a thousand dollars on two so, systems. Yeah, but, but, but for the for the sake of your child's happiness, how much you know, it doesn't matter. You can't put a price on it. Exactly. Um, did you have a list of exclusives? Yeah, I got a few. The um, PlayStation Five exclusives, kinda of no surprise, they're gonna have new God of War. God of War Ragnarok. Um apparently he's gonna continue his adventures with his son of you know, just straight massacring people. I I didn't get to play the new one, so I'm guessing he teaches his son how yeah. to like just straight it's very good everyone it's very good and it, it hits on the dad notes too really yeah even kratos has a heart yeah I guess for at least for his son which is good because i played up until like the after god of war 3 and then they put one out for the playstation 4 and i just i started it but you know it's just hard to get into commitment to a game when you have a kid like that but uh they're also going to put out a new gran turismo 7 and i know that's been around since like i believe the playstation 2 mm-hmm that's like their signature racing game um so that's always fun those are like i remember my cousin had that game first and i was thinking this was playstation 2 so you know 15 years ago and i was like this is the most realistic game i've ever seen in my life no gran turismo is a good one uh there's a new spider-man i have the spider-man now on ps4 and those games are just fun even if you don't do the missions you can just fly around town and like look for bad guys on your map that are like causing trouble and just go and fuck them up save the day and then Deuce out and go fly somewhere else. But this one's, uh, it's going to follow the, um, I guess, the character from Into the Spider-Verse. Is that what it's called? The Ma- Miles Morales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you're gonna, so that was cool. That was a really good movie. I won the Oscar. Um, there's going to be a new Ratchet and Clank called Rift Apart. And I'm assuming they're going to keep up with the show. Because that's been the only baseball game available throughout those big series of um, PlayStation Xbox is the yep. show. I guess they own the rights to that. So that's a fun game. I always, almost always buy the newest edition of the show. And then uh, I got a few for the Xbox. They have one called State of Decay 3, which looked like a zombie game. That is so a zombie really game, cool. yeah. So I'd be down on that if I had a play, or if I had an Xbox. They're, um, oh shit, how do you say it? Forza. Forza Motorsports, which is, I'm guessing they're Gran Turismo. Yeah, which, which I'm a big Forza guy. Yeah, because I, I look looked those at those trailers, and now I'm thinking, this is the most realistic game yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> like took its place. Um, a game I've never heard of, but it sounded cool. Stalker 2. Mm. And they're coming out with a new Halo too. Yeah, that's yeah. like their signature that's game. Their, yeah. Like that and like Gears of War. Those are yeah. two games that I was always like, maybe I should get an Xbox just to play that because and uh Left for Dead always had me intrigued, which I guess kind of like State of the K. That's a zombie one and yeah. it's very good. I had I played 1 through 3. Yeah, those were always games where I was like would t- definitely tempt me into getting an Xbox, but you know, just never had the funds. And then a game called As Dusk Falls, which just reading about it kind of reminded me almost like their version of The Last of Us, yeah. which I know is extremely popular and they have a second one coming out, so I'm guessing that's going to be on the PlayStation 5, but um I just love the PlayStation. They always had the best exclusives like, you know, Uncharted, um we already mentioned God of War, MLB the Show. I'm drawing a blank, but there's they always just had really good exclusive content for theirs. Uh the Spider-Man was an exclusive one still, but um but yeah, I mean it's a good time to be alive and be a gamer. No, you I, got an extra five hundred bucks to spend. I I love eat both systems. It really doesn't matter. Um, yeah, like you said, it's a preference. Whatever you like growing up, unless you're just into it that much and have that those funds that you can buy one of each. But if not, it's 
you're not going to go wrong selecting either or. And it kind of sucks because, like, used to, you'd have to pick, well, who do I have more friends? Or, you know, how many friends do I have that have this system? How many friends have that system? And hopefully more games are going to do what Fortnite uh, has done and what, like, um, Call of Duty Warzone has done and make it cross-platform so you don't have to choose. That makes total sense. Because, like you said, because if not, you're picking and choosing, like, who you're going to play with. Yeah. And if they can show that that's that's a thing that can be done... Why not just make it compatible with like all new games? Yeah, you know, at least on the multiplayer side. Um, and I get that these these companies have contracts and and stuff with different studios and stuff like that. But it just really that's what it used to come down to. And I hope we're getting away from that because I would I had friends on both sides. I had Xbox friends, and then I had friends that were just straight up PlayStation. So yeah, and I saw that you had the NHL twenty on Xbox, and I got it on PlayStation. Yeah. so it'd be sweet to play sometime. Yeah, and it's well, luckily NHL twenty is so cheap now. Like yeah, I, I got it for twenty bucks, man. Yeah, I got it for fourteen on yeah. Xbox. They had a good sale. Break. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's so cheap. I could buy it. I buy it on PlayStation. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's coming up, and I've got a decision to make, and all the pre orders like. The pre-order thing. I heard thing they has, dropped the ball, dude. It has been a disaster. Yeah, I heard both uh, companies actually dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I tried getting on because I think they went on the twenty-second is when they opened pre-orders, and I got on that morning. Um, I woke up, I set an alarm, and woke up and tried to get a pre-order, and it was already, it was already sold out. I tried Target, Best Buy, Walmart, GameStop, everywhere, Amazon. They were all time to go to the black market. Yeah, that's where you get raped speaking from experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never again yeah um so uh i think that's going to take us to our mount rushmore and like i mentioned in the open um we are going to list our favorite living comics and put them up on our Ra- mount rushmore um we had a debate on whether to do alive or dead and i think i would i mean i'd be down to dead later down the road yeah we can definitely do a Mount Rushmore on our dead comics, but we decided to go living for this one. And I think I'm going to let you start and we'll just switch off. Okay. Uh, my first one honor or, um, rightfully so is probably Dave Chappelle. Um, I mean, he, he would be on a live or dead Mount Rushmore. I think just because he's still going, you know, 20 plus years later, he's been putting out movies and specials and he just won an Emmy for his one where he was more serious talking about, I think it was like, what was it called 848 however long those cops were on george floyd's neck and you know you got a lot of shit for it because he was it was more serious talk and um like the the critics just tore him up and i heard recently his acceptance speech where he kind of just got him back for that you know um so good for him for winning but also i just put in parentheses like the Chappelle show like that was the best show on tv for i think it was only a few seasons but and I was in high school, so it was like perfect for me. I didn't get all the jokes, but I could rewatch them now and still just crack up. So I think Dave Chappelle just has like one of those beautiful minds where he's he could probably talk to like a, a you know like a Harvard scholar and like carry on a conversation with him. Like he's so smart and he's so just quick witted and just he's fucking hilarious. But he's also just like a genius. Well, I'm gonna jump in because he was on my Mount Rushmore as well, um, and he still sells out arenas. Yeah, he's not, one of the few that com- could. Not comedy clubs. Arena. Like him and Rogan do a lot of touring together, and they are selling out arenas. Um, and you're right, Chappelle's show is just one of those like transcendent, like... Just that moment in time, it was just perfect. It's going to be funny, even 
we're like probably what 15 years removed from it now yeah. and then in another 30 it's still going to be funny it'll always be relevant it's he, funny he's going to be up there with Pryor and Belushi carlin. and carlin and yep. all those dudes so uh yeah dave chappelle was yeah I'm, i would have been disappointed if you didn't have him. i figured that would be one that we would both yeah agree on. yeah me too and then i'd they may not be Rushmore worthy to everybody, but these are the other three are dudes that have just. And I, when I was doing this, I was trying to think who has just made me just crack up laughing, and I laugh no matter what. Um, and uh, this one's going to be a lesser known one, uh, but his name is Theo Vaughn. Um, he uh, he was on I think the first season of the Road Rules Real Real World Challenge. Yeah. Um, he was on the first season of that. He's got a podcast out, um, called this weekend, this past weekend with Theo Vaughn. He's on another podcast with another comic, uh, Brendan Schaub named, uh, the King and the Sting. He's a super funny dude. He's got a weird style to where he just, it, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Um, he does bits about searching for lab, lab monkeys that escaped, um, He's just hilarious. Um, if anybody's looking for a podcast recommendation, go check out The King and the Sting. Um, it's hilarious. Um, who's your second one? My second one, probably lesser known too, but like you said, it's more personal for us. So probably my favorite going right now is Mike Birbiglia. Mm-hmm. And um, he has a few specials out on Netflix and obviously some albums you can listen to on um, Spotify. But he's just like a great storyteller. I feel like... When he starts a joke, or he doesn't like, because to me, comedians just this just don't stand up there and tell jokes. You know, they like tell stories and they like keep you captivated without like making you laugh the whole time. And so he'll just start something, and then like by the end of the show, everything just comes full circle, and it all just makes sense. Um, as best I can describe it, he's just really smart. He doesn't use like profanity, doesn't go over the top. He just uses like these real life situations that he kind of went through and put you put you in that situation. Uh, he had one on Netflix that I watched called uh, Thank God for Jokes, which I couldn't recommend more, you know, and all these are only like an hour long. It's just hard for a comedian for, you know, to stand up there for over an hour. But Thank God for Jokes, he made a movie called Sleepwalk With Me that, um, or no, he, he wrote, that was his comedy special that they made into a movie, I think. And then he also made a movie that which he like wrote, starred and directed in called Don't Think Twice that uh, got like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So he's a good comedian but now he's like branching out doing this all this all this other stuff but he has at least three or four albums on spotify and then you know multiple comedy specials on netflix so couldn't recommend him enough and he's like the most plain guy like you would see him like at a subway and just think like that guy just you know he probably works at a library he's probably miserable (laughs) yeah he's the kind of guy that he'll just he just tells you all about his life but he makes it funny so it's like self-deprecating and he just he just gives you the insight into, into like a day in his life. And I don't know. I, he's, he's my favorite going right now. Like I said, so I couldn't say enough about him. No, I've heard of him and I've, I've heard some of his stuff and he is, he's hilarious. Um, my third one is an oldie, but man, when he came out, he was the funniest dude I've ever heard. Daniel Tosh. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people bag on him. Um, and I have another guy like that, my honorable mention, um, but Daniel Tosh, he was just so brash. He's not afraid to attack anybody. 
any race, gender, any person, it doesn't matter. Which that's what good comedy is because there should be no limits. Like if somebody gets yeah. offended at a comedy special, you they get the fuck there. out of there. They yeah. This there. is a comedy club. Like when I hate when people do that, like say you you know, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't be here if you're gonna get it's offended ten minutes into my show. It's a joke. Yeah, everything's a joke. At yeah. a comedy special at least. But yeah, and then, you know, Dan he went on he I don't I know he had three or four specials and then he, he got Tosh point on Comedy Central and that show was huge. Um, so I know probably a lot of people probably know him from that, but his stand up. go back and listen to some of his early stand up, and I, I should have given y'all some album titles, uh, to, to look up, but just YouTube Daniel Tosh stand up and, and it's great. Um, what's your, who's your third one? Uh, third one for me is Bill Burr. Mm, yep. That is Legend. a guy that I would not want to piss off. He's the one that would tear you apart if you tried to criticize, like we were saying, Legend. if you criticized that a show. Have you seen the one where he's in Philadelphia? Yeah. And he they're just booing him the whole time. So he's like, I got 10 fucking minutes left. And all he does is take a shit on, on the Philly. city of Philadelphia. Yeah. And by the end of it, they're all loving it because, you know, it's Philadelphia. But he was like, you know, you guys worship, worship, <laughs> worship uh, Sylvester Stallone. He's a fictional character. You know, Joe Lewis is from your city, but you're all a bunch of racist fucks. <laughs> you you know, you cast aside Joe Lewis and you worship. You got a statue for, for Rocky and he's a fake fucking guy. So just Bill Burr because he would just tear anyone apart. I put that I would I would not want to get in an argue with him, but I would love to watch a game with that guy. Yeah. Just to hear like his commentary on a game, especially if it was like a game like he's losing because he's from Boston. He's a huge Boston fan of everything. And uh, also, that's the one and only live show I've gotten to go to, which was an awesome experience because it was it had to have been 2018 because it was the first my first father's day and so father's day is like in june and that's when ellie's birthday is so she had just turned one and claire got us tickets to the show it was the one the new venue in uh irving i can't remember what it's called but it was a nice new venue and um dude it was awesome just to go to that we got a hotel room that night nice. and um I keep saying, um, so we got a hotel room that night and then went to the show, came back after the show, just like kept the after party going. I remember the 2005 Rose Bowl was on. So I got to watch Texas beat USC after that. And it was just like one of those nights that I don't think I'll ever forget. Sweet, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a big comic live. I've been to like hyenas or Addison improv and seen some hack get up there, but I've never been to like a big comedy show. And can I just say anyone that gets up there, just man or woman just has to have the biggest balls because yeah. that's a big thing. Cause you can think you're a funny guy and be funny in the office or be funny at a family, a gathering, but to go in front of strangers and have all eyes on you and just like, well, I'm going to just let my balls hang right now. And I can never go turning these mics on much less yeah. like have a room full yeah, of people. Right? And we just got like stuffed animals and Neil Young, Neil Young poster and McGruber right here, <laughs> which I guess that is kind of hard criticism. Hopefully they like it. But I just, I just, yeah. Before we continue, I just want to say, anyone that does, any, like, even if you just went up there one time and got like three laughs, good for you, man. That's that's seriously just hanging your balls out there. And if you listen to, because I listen for whatever reason, I listen to a lot of comics podcasts, and they don't talk comedy; they talk current event, and they cover a bunch of topics. But they say the biggest thing for them is just reps, and it's just like anything else you want to do. Um, just like this podcast, I think it's getting. I know it's getting easier for me and more comfortable the more we do it. But yeah. they say. Like, Joe Rogan is in a comedy club, like, he does, like, 20 sets in, in a week. he's a veteran, you yeah. know, he's a 20-year veteran. Yeah, and he's and then he'll do, he'll work, that's where they work on their stuff, is during the week, 
at like, you know, smaller, you know, their local venues and that's where they workshop all their stuff. That's where they kind of hone in and, and that makes sense. See what hits, what misses. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, they're constantly working on building a special and, and then on the weekends they're on the road, you know, doing big shows. And so they'll take what they've done during the week and they'll just kind of, they're building a set, you know, for years and years. And, you know, they say a special, you know, I think Bill Burr, uh, I heard him on Theo Vaughn's podcast and he was talking about, he worked on his special for two years, like all the material that, that's for like, a one hour special for a one hour special yep. was two years worth of work. Yep. So you're right. I mean, being a comedian or even attempting it, you've, you've got a big set of nuts because that would, you want to talk about anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Something I could never do. I'd have to be so drunk before I got on stage. Yeah. That's the only way, but even then I'd probably be too drunk. Cause... Just pass out. <laughs> yeah. Just throw up. And, and then they out. think I'm just like the new Belushi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to want the ending, but everything up to that was all right. Everything until the very end was the pretty very good. End, yeah. yeah. Um, so my fourth is, and a lot of people may not know this guy either, but uh, it's Eddie Izzard. Yeah. The cross-dresser. The cross-dresser. He's, he's, uh, he's a Brit from England, and he performs on stage as a woman. Yep. Um, but he's very much a man. Um, it's just part of the act. And he is the quintessential dry British humor. And he covers a lot of historic, he does a lot of historical comedy. And I don't know what it, maybe it's just my personality or the, I don't know the way it's delivered, but he is just so funny. The way he delivers his lines, uh, YouTube, put in Eddie Izzard cake or death on YouTube. And it is one of the greatest like six, eight minute clips you of comedy you'll ever watch and uh it's just going up going back to courage i mean the courage for a dude to get up there and a full-on dress makeup the whole nine heels especially that first time because now it's like his bit that's his thing yeah but that first time where they're like what you know and he got up there and he just killed it yeah and it's just like ever since then he's like this is what i'm gonna do yeah first time eddie izzard is awesome yeah he's a legend Uh, so who's your fourth my fourth is hannibal burris yeah you know he's been in you might recognize him from like movies and stuff and tv shows but he had my he had had one of my dream jobs where he worked at saturday night live as just a sketch writer and um he has a joke in there about how he won a he won an emmy for writing for that but he he won an emmy just like juan howard won an nba title he was just like in the right place at the right time and kind of rode the pine and um but just the fact that he went from you know working saturday night live he has cool stories from that and now he's able to be in a successful comedian. He's been in several movies. They're always bit parts. He's never like the star starring role, but you know, you got to start somewhere. And I just like his style, the way he kind of writes jokes and the way he performs jokes. I feel like that would be like my style because he's just kind of like a observationist. And then just like he makes like situational humor. Like he'll just take like an awkward situation and just tell it like it is and put a funny spin on it. So I really like that about him. And, um, my honorable mentions. I don't know if we're going to do that, but David Cross. I've always liked David Cross. He's the guy that really good specials out. He's another guy that's been doing it for like 20 years and another guy that's been in movies, but he can be very political. So depending on where you stand on some of his opinions, you'll either love him or hate him. And then um, this guy actually hasn't done stand up in probably 20, 30 years, but to me, he's the funniest guy alive, and that's Larry David. So I know he's not technically a stand up comedian, but. But he got a start. Yeah, he got his start, and he also he was a stand-up comedian, and then he also worked at Saturday Night Live, and then you know, he created Seinfeld and made about a billion dollars once they sold those rights and able to mark reruns, and then he did uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is 
You know, if you want to just Legendary sit back show. and laugh, you know, for 30 straight minutes, because again, it's like awkward situational spots that he'll put himself in in these social situations. So Larry David to me is the funniest man alive. He's just not a stand-up comedian. Uh, my honorable mention, and this is one of the guys that I mentioned earlier that gets a lot of shit from people, but Dane Cook. He, he was like at the top of the world for a while. When he first came out, I mean, it was he was so funny. He was doing stuff that, and it wasn't just like the physical comedy stuff, but he, I mean, he was kind of over the guy. top. He was just funny. Yeah. And if and I've heard other comedians talk about him. They and they can't say enough good things about him, and they can understand. And this is a question he gets asked a lot. You know, if he's on a podcast or whatever you know, why he gets the rap that he does. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, when you're on the top, you've got shooters coming at you all the time, yeah. you know, and I, he's like, I hit that success. So, so, so quick. And I, he was kind of like one of the first ones to, you know, of the modern comics to like kind of, you know, of course you got Eddie Murphy and, and people like that, that spun into movies and TV and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I love Dane Cook, Pete Davidson. Yeah. Um, Pete Davidson, another SNL alum. He's really funny. Joe Rogan and Nick Kroll. Um, Nick Kroll's hilarious. He's got Big Mouth on Netflix. Uh, shout out Jacob. Um, I think I think I've heard of that actually. Yeah, I think yeah. Maybe, maybe. Jake. Maybe I think Jake mentioned that. Um, and then he was on one of my favorite shows of the league. But uh, yeah, Nick Kroll, Joe Rogan, P. Davidson, and Dan Cooker, my honorable mention. And like I said, it's not everybody's list. It's our list. It's, it's People, our personal list. You our know? personal list. Yeah, yeah, just like when we we're gonna do later ones about. Pizza toppings. It's my favorite. You know what I'm right, saying? Just for right. example, those are my pizza toppings. Right. All <laughs> right. So I think that moves us on to 60 seconds on Big Brother. Oh, man. Everybody's favorite segment. I feel like you're being a little sarcastic. Nope. And I'm going to try to wrap it up quick No, here. take your time. I'm going to take a little snooze. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you too. So uh, <laughs> we had the new HOH, and it unfortunately was Memphis. Him and his denim jacket can just fall off a cliff. And he was telling... He was telling David this whole time that, you know, I'm he's not you are not my target. I'm gonna put up these two people and as long as you just don't compete in this POV, no problem. And David's a terrible player, so he believed it. And before we could get to the uh power veto oh, so he didn't nominate David. He nominated Davon and Kevin, but he went and told them he brought him into a room Memphis did and he went and told both of them that, you know, the same plan, like, David's my target, don't worry about it, just if you can throw the competition, great. Let me win it, and I'll keep everything, or I'll, I'll backdoor David. That way David has doesn't have a chance to save himself this week. You know, it's like a blindside move. Um, but before we could get to the POV competition, Zingbot came back. And I know anyone who's never seen this show has no idea what a Zingbot is. He's a robot. He's a robot that just comes out and will roast the house guests. He comes out once a year, uh, a little bit past the halfway point, so there's only like 10 people left. And that way he knows like all their fatal flaws and he, he you know, they, he knows what kind of person they are. So he just, he will destroy, just destroy. Them. And I posted a picture of Zingbot on our Instagram <clears> in <throat> case anybody's wondering what it, yeah. What Cause it I'm sure like. anyone who's never seen the show is wondering what is a Zingbot? What does a Zingbot look like? And I was just thinking the other night when I was writing this down that I'm sure the idea of a joke cracking robot. And this time he was, um, dressed as Joe exotic, you know, from the tiger yeah. King. So he was, um, Zingbot Exotic or whatever, or Zingbot Joe. So the thought that a robot dressed as Joe Exotic coming out and just like absolutely roasting these house guests, I'm sure sounds really weird, and it is really weird. I don't know how they came up with this concept in the first place, but anyone who watches Marijuana. Big Brother, yeah, or you know something harder than that, 
but anyone who watches Big Brother will tell you like Zingbot is one of their favorite nights of the year. Like when they when they previewed it earlier in the week, like and coming up Wednesday, Zingbot. Like me and Claire just looked at each other. I was texting my parents. Watch, I was texting my parents. I was texting <laughs> Ryan's. Like fucking Zingbot's back, dude. He's gonna let them all have it. So Zingbot comes in. Um, I won't tell you any of the zings because, like I said, they're really specific and personal to that person. So unless you know that, because he'll go straight to your core. He'll find your weakness, your where you're vulnerable, and he will gut you right there. You know the. The all five episodes we've been doing this, you know, if at any point I thought, man, Big Brother sounds weird. This this is weird. It is. I'm telling you, dude. And after he'll roast everyone, he sticks around for the competition to talk shit while they're all competing. So, like I said, I don't know where they come up with this concept, but God bless them. So Zingbot's in this episode, and he'll make one appearance all year, and then he's gone. But everyone knows in the show, like, oh, Zingbot's coming. And when he comes, they all get so they all try to hide and they don't want to hear what's coming because, dude, he'll tear you apart. So the veto competition started and it was um it was like a maze in their backyard because every competition takes part in their little big backyard they have where they can like exercise and they have a pool, but production like takes it all apart. And they made this they made this big artificial maze where they had to go and pit find three specific uh teddy bears and bring them into this specific cage. So it would say, you know, like green eared leopard print tiger and they had to go and find that and put it in its cage because they went with the joke exotic theme and it was just whoever did it the quickest and um tyler ended up winning which sucked for memphis because tyler was like you know i'm a he talked to memphis and he was like i don't think backdooring david's smart at all because david's a terrible player and he can vote our way because you want to have votes you know you want to everyone you want to have it's a numbers game so you want the numbers in your favor and he's like david sucks he could, we could pull him to our side and we could break up Davon and Kevin because they're working together. So he talks to Memphis about it and Memphis slowly starts to agree with them. And that's after, of course, Memphis told Davon and Kevin like, Hey, you're, you're, you're good this week. You're not my target. So he went back on his word, which pissed Davon and Kevin off, obviously, because they want to get off the block. Nominations stay the same. They get pissed because they thought they were, they thought they were going to be safe this week. And so uh, it's, it's eviction nights tonight. And it's Davon and Kevin on the block. One of them's got to go. And we'll see what happens, man. I'm, I'm after this. I'm, I'm watching it with Claire, and we're gonna see who goes home. So that's it in a nutshell. Zingbot was back. Zingbot's the best. May, May Nicole and Danny burn in hell. <laughs> that might have been too harsh. All right, let me end it on a bright note. Zingbot's back. How's my girl Christmas the stripper doing? She's still around. She's still around. She's, right. she's fucking scary, man. I don't know what. I, I know you think she's a stripper, but she would probably beat you up if you said that. She's like a fitness guru. Like, tatted up with muscles. Like, I wouldn't want a Christmas to overhear anything. Some guys pay for that. Some guys do, and then some guys pay the ultimate price. They get demasculated <laughs> and beat up by a woman named Christmas. Uh, all right. So, uh, this is going to uh, move us to our new segment called Pick Your Poison. And in Pick Your Poison, every time we're going to kind of present a hypothetical would you rather situation and we've got to pick a side and kind of tell why we would pick that side so uh for this pick your poison uh the scenario is would you rather lose the ability to speak or the ability to read Migo, what which one to would me you pick? i mean this one's easy because i would lose the ability to read because i do like to read books i read a few every year but i wouldn't be able to read books or signs, but I can ask someone to read that sign for me or to just like give me a heads up. Like if I'm trying to find something, I'm just too old to start to learn sign language. So I feel like I need to keep be able to talk. And um, yeah, man, I'd rather be illiterate and like have this vocabulary that I cured over time. Cause I'm assuming I'm going to go, 
I'm going to be able to stop learning how to, or the ability to learn to read like today, right now. So all the words that I've accumulated in my vocabulary over time are still in my vocabulary. So I'm not going to sound that illiterate and stupid. I'll just be like, you know what? What is what is that right there? Like, give me, help me out a little bit. Like, yeah, I'll but... squint my eyes, you know, and kind of act like I just can't read it. And I'll be like, oh, appreciate it. Thanks. It says stop. Okay. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta have somebody with you at all times. I just not in. I guess I've got to find a new co-host because you're not gonna be able. Oh, you said read though. Yeah. Okay. I got. I'll all be, right. able, to be able to speak. I'm just. I just can't learn sign language and like go deaf right now. You're gonna have to find a new co-host because I would lose the ability to speak. Really? I'd rather be a mute, dude. Like that would live save, in your own world. That would save me from getting myself into so much trouble with the wife. That's true. I would never have to put my foot in my mouth again. It would be bad for the podcast. It would be pretty bad because you would just be, I would kind of like be interpreting whatever I think Maybe we'd have to bring in a camera and I, you know. You're going to learn sign sign language? Yeah. All right. That's a commitment, man. Because how many, what percentage of the population knows sign language? 10%? No, no, I would say like 1%. Okay. I, yeah, I could talk shit about people. To throw. I just I could talk answer. shit about people and them not know. That's true. That's one I was gonna say. That's one good thing about wearing a mask. You know how many times I've walked into a store and just like mouth fuck you, yeah. or you know douchebag. I do that all the time. I work. This is a guy at work. I can't stand. Every time I walk by him, I just mouth fuck you <laughs> and walk right by him. <laughs> no, just take away, take it away. I don't need to talk. I don't like talking to many people. I don't either. But the people I talk to, I do enjoy. Yeah, and I enjoy doing this, so it'd be bad for the podcast, but I don't know. I need to read. Like, I like reading books. Like, you know, I think certain video games, you know, you need to read things that pop up on the screen. Oh, I always put the subtitles on video games. Sports, you know, you need to read scores, down and distance, innings, you know, stuff like that. Fantasy football, I need to read. That's true. I would be so dependent on Claire for stuff like that. Yeah, I need to read my, you know, my lineup, which... I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I don't want it to go there. It's what, been a bad week. Lineup? Yeah, it's yeah, been it's, a bad it's, week. I don't feel confident at all in my team. It's been a bad week. Um, but yeah, just take the voice box. I don't need it. It would all save right, me. You heard it here first. It would save me from, you know, a lot of trouble, especially with the wife. So, so um, I I'm think surprised. I'm surprised us. we we split on that. Yeah, I really thought you would go voice. I really so thought that was the no brainer. So you wouldn't have to talk to people. I can choose not to talk to someone. I can just say, no, nah, I'm good, and walk away rather than be like, mm, mm, Sometimes mm. you don't. Sometimes. Like, oh, if I don't want to talk to somebody, it. I will let them know, dude. Well, sometimes Claire, you just got to Claire lets me something. know. She'll be like, you were an asshole right then. I just, I'm being honest. Like, if I don't agree with someone or want to talk to someone, I, you know, I'll just straight up, like, tell them that. All right. So that's going to take us to our movie watch and review this week. We just wrapped oh, yeah. up. The Mighty Ducks trilogy with uh, D3 last week, and so we decided to go another trilogy and another one from our childhood, and we're going with... Are we doing the whole trilogy of three? Because there's actually yeah, four of those, we're not man. doing the fourth one, because I don't recognize that as part of the series. Mega, what was it, Mega Mountain? Mega, yeah, High Noon at Mega Mountain or something like that. I don't recognize it. Um, so we're going to do one, two, and three, and obviously we're going to start with the 1992 uh, release of the original uh, Three Ninjas, which you can find like we did on YouTube. I'd say you can find it for if free. If he wants to yeah. have have some good laughs and nostalgia come back, it's it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube for free, so don't don't waste four bucks renting it or or whatever. If maybe you have it still, maybe you have an old VHS lying around from back I in the guarantee day. Guarantee that VHS is in a box somewhere. Oh, I, I had it. I, I know I had it at one point. Yeah. 
All right, so Three Ninjas opens up. They're at the three boys uh, are at uh, Grandpa's house and they're training. Yeah, training for more of a hit squad than like a self defense ninja class. Like he had them doing all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, dude, they they were little like, assassins. Yeah, that was like some like junior Navy SEALs uh, assassins in training, and those are his three lovely grandchildren that he's just teaching death moves to. But hey, I wish my grandfather taught me that. That would have been cool. Mine had MS, so we didn't really do much like that. <laughs> uh, Y'all did the opposite of that. Yeah, we, we watched the History Channel in his room, which was still cool, but I really wanted those nunchucks. So early on, you learned something about Tum Tum real quick, that you can mess with him when he's sleeping, but you just don't fuck with this candy. Yeah. So he's got a piece of grass, and he's waking each one of them up, and you know the first two boys catch the catch the uh, the blade of grass or the stick or whatever he's using. Tum Tum's not falling for it. But try to grab that candy, snatch that candy real quick. I also think Tum Tum will be obese and diabetic by the third movie. Oh, that's why they he probably... He on pace. Every time you see him, he's got a mouthful of candy. That's probably why they had to re- recast him. Man, they just set him down Because that kid in real life slope. probably had an addiction. To sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And he was donezo. Um, so, yeah. And so, it, there's this training montage... As there's going to be a montage in every movie we review, yeah. I feel like. I feel like that was just a theme back in the day. So, like, one of the last scenes is they, they attack Grandpa as he's coming in, driving in the house. And Grandpa has no fear of osteoporosis or arthritis because he is very spry. Yeah. He is very spry for an old guy. Uh, and then uh, a little bit a little bit later, we uh, we learn where they get their names. They have a ceremony called the Day of Names, and that's where Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum are born. Um, and then we get introduced to the villain, which is a Steven Seagal starter kit. Yeah, such a, a wannabe. Costco brand. Snyder, the wannabe Steven Seagal. Yeah. When you see a slick back hair in your blazer, you're thinking, he's either the villain of this movie, or he's a hockey coach. Yeah. He's <laughs> either like the LA Kings bench coach, or he's going to be our bad guy. And, you know, he's the bad guy. We he's find out pretty guy. quick. So, and then we get introduced to the to the boy's father. Um, who has, <laughs> Terrible who's a, father. Who is against... Cr- Ninja training, apparently. Yeah, um, doesn't make sense. So he works for the FBI, and they're trying to catch this Snyder guy, um, and they're going undercover. And uh, I gotta say, the FBI, they they couldn't find like a better looking Arab, like <laughs> guy to undercover. play an Arab to go undercover. Like they grabbed the they office got, Jew, they got Ari Goldstein, yeah, to go and undercover. They threw, a tur- they threw a turban on him, <laughs> and his his accent was terrible. Um, he ended up just getting knocked out. He was out of that movie quick. Yeah, he, got he got knocked out knocked by out. Schneider and Schneider. He he makes his he makes his getaway on in a, a helicopter. fucking helicopter. So G. Yeah, that was a good getaway. What do you say? Like I'd love to stay, but I gotta, gotta fly. I gotta fly. And then the helicopter, helicopter rises up, and he's on the ladder. And then the dad's just shooting his forty-five out. I'm like, no, come back here. And it's like, bro, Schneider is gone. And they've got the classic. Uh, uh, stormtrooper aim, bad guy stormtrooper oh. aim, because they are spraying that building yeah. with bullets, and you know nobody gets no, hit. Not a single bullet found its mark, and I bet in this whole trilogy. But continue. So come to find out, um, the villain Snyder used to work with uh, Maury, the grandpa. I guess they went into business together on some karate schools, and there was you know Maury went one way when Snyder decided to go bad, and well they. Uh, Snyder comes to pay him a visit at his house, and then this hilarious fight scene ensues, where they're surrounded by ninjas. More, the grandpa's surrounded by ninjas, 
and they're all dressed in ninjas. Like they're all dressed as ninjas. Like yeah, what? With, like, with like goggles on. Yeah, goggles, and they've got the full get up. Like do y'all just wear that all the time? Twenty four seven. It's Any, like stormtroopers. So they surround Grandpa, and the kids come out, and the kids are kicking these adults' asses. Yeah, Tum Tum's got like the salad tossing forks that yeah, he like, pokes a guy in the he's, ass, like, poking him with his butt. And some kind of grown man's getting his ass kicked. But that's a theme that we'll find on. Later so, in the movie. Kids take care of business. Grandpa shows off his old man strength. And uh, Snyder basically lays down the law. He says, hey, you know, get get your father, get your son-in-law off my back. Um, or I will kidnap your kids, I'll basically. Like, threaten, like... Kill you and kidnap your kids. Yeah. Snyder don't um, play. And then right before they leave Grandpa's house for the summer, he is basically showing him how to kill people. Oh, like that with that dummy, dummy he yeah. drops the dummy down and he, he shows like three points or five points on the body where you can like between well, life and death. A couple make sense, but two of them are their armpits, which I don't know if there's like pressure points there, but it's like throat, nuts, eyes. chest, eyes, and then armpit. I'm like, really? Not both armpits? I don't know. Maybe we need some research. Yeah. Maybe we'll <laughs> I mean, get in your backyard and I'll let you hit that me could on the be armpit like really hard. Hey, I'm down. If you we'll want to be the, the one taking the hit. We'll do it for the show. True. true. Wouldn't be the first time I've taken a hit. Um, Let's see. And then the kids go home. Um, the dad is there for 0.2 seconds. Dad doesn't give a shit. He's like, they've been gone all summer. He's like, oh, hey, kids, how was your summer? Oh, hold on. Let me let me just talk to this guy real quick. And they're trying to tell him all about it. He is not having any of it. Your child's been away. Both, all three of your kids have been away for like three months. He couldn't care. Couldn't care. At all. He's, he's, he's got Absentee Snyder on his dead. brain. Snyder on his brain. So, and this is a, kind of the first situation where we, Rocky is a nerd, man. Like, he's so uptight and a nerd. Like Kind of reminds you of Conway a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, I get that vibe from him. That's a good, yeah, that's a good observation is. there. Um, but they're driving up the street, and they pass Emily, and they start, the and brothers start. Know Rocky loves, loves Emily. Emily. <laughs> um, but Emily is thirsty. Like, as soon as God, she sees that so car drive by, she, she is up beeline. Up a hill, she's pedaling yeah, that bike, dude. To get to Rocky. Um so yeah, so the brothers are so we we get introduced to Emily and the the brothers are making fun of them and so they go to school the next day and uh, they they're riding bikes to school and they get their bikes taken by some bullies and um, before I hate those that fucking bullies man immediately I didn't like those guys no, like I remember they, them from my childhood and good I was casting like, I hated them I oh, hated yeah. the one kid with the black uh, like baseball jersey the, he that looked was like a mini vanilla ice he looked like a Really bad vanilla ice. I immediately didn't like those kids. But a little bit before that, Snyder hatches a plan to kidnap the kids. And he has his assistant handle putting guys on it. And his assistant's got a nephew and his three stoner buddies. And he puts them on the case. And that's where we meet them. And they are like the typical quintessential like, 90s yeah. like, stoner, just surfer. California Cal- pothead. Yeah. And the, I mean, there's a lot of bruh and dude. Tubular. And tubular. Red. Red. I yeah, love it though, good, man. Those man. guys were cracking me up. I, I put on here that those guys, those guys are the real MVPs and I think they deserve a prequel movie or they did deserve it. I would like to see how those dropout burnouts all got together and how they ended up at this phase in their life. Uh, there, I think there was one. It was called Encino Man. There you go. I think that was the prequel. I think that was, yeah. And it looked like they were in that neighborhood too. Um, I was just thinking, like, did Polly sure like pass up that role? Because I could have definitely seen they, him. They probably couldn't afford him because that he was, was, he was at his he was height. Peak, yeah, like, he was at his peak. 
He um, was in the army by then, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, what good. was that? It was in the, the army, army now. now. Yeah, yeah, with Andy Dick yeah, and man. Pauly Shore. Yeah, it was good. I did like a bunch of Pauly Shore movies. So did I. Son of we're going to have Bio the Dome. Coming up at one point, we will start to review some Pauly Shore. Um, what terrible movie taste we have. I don't care. <laughs> um, and then we get a little look into the room. And when I rewatched it, like, I remember so thinking as a kid, like, how cool the room was. It's still cool to this yeah. day. It stands the test of time. They had, like, a ninja mural on one wall. They had a wallpaper of basically ninjas going at it. You know, yeah. they had, I liked how they decked it out in, like, local sports. So they had, like, the Jane Worthy poster. And they had a Wayne Gretzky poster Wayne on Wayne playing wall. for the Kings. For the Kings so, it's, yeah. you know, it's it, it all makes sense. Like, if you were an L.A. kid or whatever, like, yeah, you'd have your in that that time that period of time was probably awesome to be yeah. an LA fan. This movie had like more continuity than the Mighty Ducks did, like more things, more dots connected in this movie than the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, which I appreciate. But uh, I noticed they were playing Super Mario Three on on an original, which was NES. probably the most popular game in the world. At yeah, that point. and they had bunk beds, and then they had a uh, little. I always wanted bunk beds. They had man. the the classic like. Uh, telephone on a string with the cans. Mm-hmm. So That's how he's talk talking to Emily. Emily, of course. Talking um, sweet nothing. So their movie, or their uh, their bedroom was super cool. Um, so anyway, yeah. So the next day, um, they're going to school. Get their bike stolen. The three stoners are kind of stalking them, trying to, you know you know catch them and, and yeah because they go the night before and they realize like this place is swarming with fbi yeah so they realize, at least be smart and come back the next day yeah so they're stalking them on their way to school and they kind of lose them um which takes us to a basketball scene where oh. rocky and colt play the two bullies and they try to win emily's bike back first to ten and they spot them they nine. spot them those nine cocky sons of bitches ballsy see the balls on those kids yeah um that didn't sound right. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I can't right. say that. Yeah, I gotta, gotta edit keep that going. Out. You know what you mean? I can't. No, they, I they had out. some sweet basketball moves. I'm not trying to go to jail, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're training for ninjas when they should be training for the NBA. Yeah, the Colt straight up dun- or Rocky straight up dunks a basketball, and then he has like a 12 foot vertical to block a shot. The first shot those kids take, the bullies take. Rocky goes, or uh, Colt, no, it is Rocky, goes above the rim to reject and, it. And blocks it. And then, like, later on, uh, he basically goes from the foul line and, like, jumps up to where he's now, like, head level with them and almost, like, walks on air above them. I mean, I can, I can understand, like, taking some sweet jumpers and maybe some layups, but get the fuck out of here, man. Those were the, that was the most unrealistic basketball scene I've ever seen, including Space Jam. <laughs> Still the most unrealistic basketball scene I've ever seen. So, yeah, they spot them nine, so they go on an eight or nine point run, but in the end, the bullies get dirty, and they start roughing them up a little bit, and they ended up winning, and I wrote down that Rocky's blowing it with Emily. Like, she asked him, why are you showing off? Uh, he's just blowing it. He's not having a good day with Emily. He got her bike jacked because he left her and the bullies took it. And then he tried to win it back. Didn't work. So I, I'm feeling for Rocky at this point a little bit. Yeah. He's blowing it. Um, uh, let's see. Um, and then this kind of brings us to the home alone, ninja home alone version yeah. portion of the movie. It definitely was home alone with ninjas, which made me think like, I bet I had such a high confidence in like my younger years that with a little training, 
I could totally fight off like two or three grown adults if they ever tried to come into my house with just some ayahs <laughs> and some booby traps. And realistically, I would have been murdered not even five minutes in because these these three guys come in and granted they're like, you know, mega stoners, like zero idiots. brain cells left. Yeah, but they're still grown men. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, true. But, but again, it's a theme throughout the movie. We've already proven that they can kick grown men butt throughout the whole movie. Without a doubt. So, like I said, you know, it's a whole... But I, I really like that home scene when they when they break in. Like, that was a nice, yeah. fun, you know, like, like scene after scene of those guys trying to catch the boys in the in the house. Like, that was that might have been, like, my favorite part of the movie. But Rocky did kill that one guy, right? Like, in real life, like, he would have killed that one guy when he oh, wrapped when the he, necktie. Yeah, when he and, like, hung a noose around him, basically. And, <laughs> and, and then he jumped over the railing. He rappelled down and using... And then he climbed back up, yeah. which was putting more strain on his neck, and then, like, hog-tied him up top. And then he left him there for yeah, five minutes. left him like, there to die. Okay, so his body counts one for sure. And growing, um, yeah. One and growing, yeah. But, you know, there's a bunch of pranks and, and stuff like that, like Tum Tum. It, it turned into, like, a a Three Stooges kind of bit. You could put Benny Hill music to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Benny Hill, there you, you go. You could put Benny Hill music to it. But, but uh, like I said, very enjoyable. I it was really good. like that scene. Like, uh, Tum Tum was making those, like, little pepper bombs. Which is smart, dude. Out of coffee filter. Yeah, and they were throwing it at him. And then they put, got him with the diarrhea. They put him X-Lax in the, in, the, in the soda. Which, and, you know, you, that, very smart, man. If you're oversized, overpowered, you got to outsmart them. Yeah, you got to think equalizers. of the ninja. Yeah, exactly. You so, bring so I like that. That was, that was a pretty realistic scene right there. So right when we think uh, everything's okay, um, they get smart and they lure Emily over to the house. Yeah, that was actually um, a smart move. That was the first smart move those guys had, the, yeah. the three bad So they guys. use Emily as bait, um, but again, the kids get the upper hand. Um, and then we think they're out of the woods, and then Snyder's right-hand man and the big dude from, what was he in, Bloodsport? Bloodsport, and he was a big... He's just that he looks like he would be a Bond villain, like like the number two to a Bond villain. Just a big, like, just stocky. Yeah, Asian nothing dude. but like neat, you know, like just a big stocky dude that says like I think he said two words and what was it like? Hello, Betty's or something weird. Come here, babies or something like that. Yeah, like we were thinking the whole time, like, does this guy speak? And then he finally did, and then he's just in there like wrecking dudes. So the kids get kidnapped. They get taken to a ship where Snyder is about to ship off some warheads yeah, and missiles like an or arm, something. like an arms dealer. Yeah. yeah. So, and of course, uh, dad and mom come home. The kids aren't there. The, you know, grandpa shows up and grandpa says, looked like a fucking dementia patient when he's <laughs> stalking the neighborhood in full ninja gear with like a katana stick. And then you just see him in the smoke. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he just walks out of the shadows. Like, where are the boys? We've got to find them. I was like, God damn it, grandpa. You are losing it, man. So, it, and, and then it becomes a debate between the dad and, and grandpa. And the dad wants to do the classic FBI thing and storm it with a hundred men. And, <laughs> The grandpa's like, no, he wants me. You know, I need to go fight him one on one. So, the boys are in the uh, are in the ship and they're in a cell. And of course, they break out with like a Benny Hill esque yeah. breakout. Yeah, they get they pretend somebody's on the phone and the guard comes in and they whack him over. He was winding the phone. it up yeah. and then just doing hits him and he goes, oh, it's for you. Ooh, hits him and they just sneak out like it's that easy. Apparently, to sh- escape from That's a right. ninja controlled jail cell That's on right. a cargo ship. So they do more, you know, more ninja stuff, and they're kicking butt. More ninja stuff. And then eventually, you know, they meet up with Grandpa, and it all leads to the big showdown at the end with Grandpa and Snyder, one-on-one, mano y mano. Snyder says, if I win, uh, I'm going to kill you. 
and the boys and if you win the boys can go free but i'm probably still gonna kill you he's very straight up with it yeah he, i respect he calls to the it, point he calls it so a fight breaks out uh grandpa again i mean he's like little yoda with those moves yes you know like agile little guy standing the test of time i don't think he had a stunt double at all no, no, especially not at all. that double back <laughs> not at all not at all like man seven years old god that was impressive uh but in the end grandpa gets the best of him after snyder pulls a blood oh sport, that was moved yeah. straight out of blood sport totally Throws some dust some, in his... Some sand or some kind of powder in his face. And then Tum Tum gives him some jelly beans, and that's how he gets the upper hand. He shoves him down his throat. <laughs> and, course. you know, he he gets him down. He's about to finish him off, and then he figure, he, he, he decides not to because he's, he's the bigger man. And then Snyder grabs that machine gun and is about to blow him all away, and then Dad finally comes Dad in. Dad finally shows finally up. Showed he up. knew where his kids were the whole time, and he waited till their life was in absolute peril. Before he did something, but yeah, so that was three ninjas. It was uh, it wasn't as good as I thought, as I remembered. Yeah, the scenes were like the I think the scenes that killed it for me were like some of the training scenes, and then that that basketball scene was just laughable. The man. basketball was bad. The basketball scene should have never. Ma- I get you have to you have to have that conflict between like the the brothers and the bullies. But that could have been shot so much differently. It could have been just a bunch of jumpers and layups. Yeah. Not above, head above the rim blocking shots. Like they should have been, like there should have been a scout, like a Kentucky scout oh, or something. Oh, absolutely. In the crowd. Yeah. A local UCLA scout would have been like, hey, y'all want a scholarship at 10? Because you have the greatest vert I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you are a freak. Yeah. You, you want to go pro tomorrow? So I just, I don't know. I don't, and it doesn't give me a whole lot of hope for two and three, but I. I forgot there was two and three. Until I think we two is pretty home. good. I think two, they go over to Japan and they compete in like a legit like ninja tournament. And then of course something happens uh, where it causes them uh, to buy something with grandpa's past. Maybe. It is. I think it is. Yeah, I, could three, see that. I, I barely remember three. I think I only saw three like once or twice. Um, but yeah. Um, so that was three ninjas. Like I said, it's, it's free on YouTube. So don't worry about spending money if you want to watch it. Cause it's enjoyable. It's just not like something you want to pay to see. No, I would if it was for free, if it wasn't for free, we would have had to figure something else out. Yeah. Um, but that was three ninjas. Uh, we'll do, uh, three ninjas kickback, uh, next week. Um, and then that's going to take us into our sports segment for the week. Um, NFL week two is over. Um, probably the most brutal, uh, week in NFL history for injuries. For injuries. Absolutely. Um, and if you'll give me a second and if you'll allow me, I'll kind of run down some of the injuries. And we're talking like all pros, not just like 53 men rosters, the borderline starters. No. And I'm going to run down, run them down real quick. So, you got Christian McCaffrey with a high ankle sprain. He's out four to six weeks. Saquon Barkley for the Giants. He's got a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Raheem Mostert for the San Francisco. He's got an MCL sprain out two to four weeks. Tevin Coleman for San Francisco. He's got a knee injury out four to six. Cam Akers for the Los Angeles Rams has a rib injury. He's out two to six. Cortland Sutton, torn ACL and MCL. He's out for the season. Paris Campbell for the Colts, sprained PCL and MCL. He's out indefinitely. Brashad Perriman for the Jets. He's got a sprained ankle. He's week to week. Sterling Shepard's got turf toe. He's out indefinitely. Jimmy Caroppolo, he's got a high ankle sprain. He's week to week. Drew Locke, 
He's got a rotator cuff sprain. He's out two to six weeks. Nick Bosa has torn his ACL. He's out for the season. Malik Hooker tore his Achilles. He's out for the season. Tyrod Taylor, uh, he had his ribs. He had a rib injury and a punctured lung from the team doctor. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't just a rib injury. He got straight medical so he's out. professional stab. He's out indefinitely. Bruce Irvin, which is good for us, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Solomon Thomas sprained ACL. He's out six to eight weeks. And then Tavon Young has a knee injury, and he's out for the season. Has a lot of good players. And that's not even including all the soft tissue stuff, hamstrings, groins, um, that's you like know, ligament damage and pectoral. Big stuff. That's big stuff yeah. that you know I didn't include all the you know soft tissue stuff that that went on this week. Um, yeah, because you, you didn't include like any cowboys, and we no. obviously have guys that are out. Yeah, it's no. just not as serious as that, you know. We've kind of been lucky in the season-ending stuff. Um, yeah, haven't been lucky on injuries, but luckily lucky on the non-season in- ending, yeah. like you said. Yeah. So, um, but there were some interesting games this week. Um, I want to talk about Seattle New England first. That game, I mean, it kind of it kind of lived up to the hype. Um I love how it came down to a goal line stand again just like the Super Bowl. And I can't believe Cam got stopped. Yeah, cuz he up to that point was he lives unstoppable. On the goal line. Yeah. I mean, like they made the point if you bring in an extra defender and you run with the fullback in front of him, how the fuck are you going to stop that guy cuz it's like a tight end running full speed at you. Yeah. So that final play was pretty thrilling. I, if I had to, you know, make a bet right before that play would go down, I would have thought New England would squeak this out. But, hey, good for them because they finally realized, like, this is – they had to scheme that way. Like, this is how they're going to beat us. This is what they're going to do. Fucking crash down on that guy. And Russell Wilson continues for a guy that's never received an MP, MVP vote. me, man. Not even a vote. Dude, he's – it's going to be him and Kyler Murray and yeah. Lamar and, and – and Mahomes, Mahomes, but man, he looks great. I feel like if Russell, obviously he's not going to give up this pace because he would end up with like probably set a record for touchdowns. But if he's going to get thirty-five and under ten interceptions, and they're going to be the best team in the NFC, he's the MVP. Yeah, because unfortunately- a lot of it goes by um, record-wise. You know, I think. Yeah. I don't think it. it they. I don't think it goes into. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think what I should have said was I feel like the people who vote take that into account about how you do with your team. You know, it's hard for a guy that gets an 8-8 eight and eight team to win it. They want to see what you do with your team. Did you lead them to the playoffs? So I think they're going to be probably the number one seed in the NFC. And um, I think he's going to get the MVP, and rightfully so, because the fact that he hasn't gotten to vote in all those years is ridiculous. So now I think it's going to be him. And if it's Kyler, I would also like that because he's on my fantasy team, and he's just a fun, fun player to watch. Yeah, I think I said on last week's or maybe the week before, the uh, the man crush I have on Kyler. Yeah. But he, I mean, that that whole division is quarterback rich. Um, say what you want about Grapp- uh, Grappolo, but – you know, he's in the Super Bowl last year. And then you've got Kyler. You've got Jared Goff, Who's which is probably. Super Bowl the year before. Yeah. And, and he's probably the fourth best, yeah. which is you crazy. Two former number one overall picks. The guy who's probably going to win the MVP. And then Garoppolo, who's. We'll say what you will. Like you said, he's an average to above average quarterback. He can lead your team to a fucking Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. So. He can ride a defense and get you there. Yeah. And bus drive it, which, you know, say what you want. I'd take it. But I think, oh, Dak, yeah. I think Dak's a much more dynamic. Yeah, he proved. Trust me, we got some stats on that. Um, and then the other kind of interesting game from week two was that Vegas New Orleans Monday night game, and how as good as Drew as good as as uh, Russell Wilson looked, 
Drew Brees probably looked that bad. Yeah. I don't think he threw a pass over 15 yards. Well. I mean, very few. And that's how they live and die on on their dynamic offense. And I understand Thomas is out, but you still got Kamara. Um, uh, they got Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is who they just signed in. And, you know, they have always had weapons. It's like they just, I don't know, man. Is it time for Breeze to – he's not going to retire this year, like during the year, but is it, you think this is his last – Big hurrah! His yeah, last ride. he's, he's got to have this year, maybe next. Yeah, maybe but, next. You know, his he he's. I think he's had a history of soldier shoulder injuries and you know, kind of shoulder issues. Isn't that what, what stopped him, him from signing with Miami when he left San Diego? Wasn't his shoulder issue? Yeah, like they, fifteen years ago. Yeah, they saw the the shoulder thing. Um, but you know, it's just father time. Yeah, that you know? that's what it is. Because obviously, fifteen years later, the shoulder's fine. When you think he's thrown for like fifty thousand plus yards, so it's not the shoulder; it's it's father time, you know. Yeah, and before we get to that crazy Cowboy Falcons game, uh, do you find it interesting that there hasn't been one positive? You haven't heard of one positive COVID case come out of the NFL? It's absolutely mind-boggling, dude. I mean, not even. I mean, in every sport, you did at least hear. Unless they're in a bubble, like basketball, soccer, hockey. We haven't heard much of that because that makes sense with the whole bubble situation. But, like, yeah, baseball's had to have numerous rescheduling and cancellation, and, college football. And even front office people. You'd at least hear about front office people catching, you know, having positive cases. But you hear nothing out of the NFL, which is an organization that has had a past and keeping things hush-hush, going from, you know, concussions and – you know, there there are other things, domestic violence. Like, remember when Goodell sat on that Ray Rice tape for however long? Until it was too, until too, TM, got too hot. I think TMZ got a hold of it. And we're finding all this stuff out about uh, Washington. It seemed like for for a while there, it was like every other week, Washington was finding out new allegations about sexual assault that's been going on with Snyder and cheerleaders for years. And, and if the and the and the NFL is just like any other business, it's, just, it's a big fraternity of brothers that want to look out for each other and it, watch out their wallets. And it's like every other business in the sense that, I mean, the head, the CEO, the owner, whoever, they're gonna know. There's not anything that goes on in an organization if you're a good owner or a good CEO or a good manager. There's nothing that's gonna go on in that organization that you don't know about. Or that you don't want to get out, that you don't want to get out. I mean, even in my in my work, I mean, I know everything that goes on, whether they think I know it or not. I know everything that goes on. So I think they're almost, I'm almost positive there have been positive there cases. Absolutely they're has just, been, dude. They're just stifling How is it that it. the rest of the world's getting affected, but somehow the NFL is just like, yeah, zero test again, and what then, do you know? And then you're seeing like these $100,000 fines for the coaches for not wearing masks. But my yeah. thing is, and in, in th- this may be me coming from a place of ignorance, and tell me what you think, but if they're all getting tested, right, mm-hmm. and they're all coming up negative, and the players aren't wearing masks. Why do coaches? Why do coaches have to wear it? And I'm guessing it's just the optics. Yeah, so I, on I heard TV, someone made that. You want to look, look like you're a cooperating. Responsible. Yeah, responsible. But I don't understand, like, why... If they're all around each other and they're all coming up negative, yeah, why are they, they do a test, isn't it? Like just before the game, like they get tested. Yeah, because pre-game. I think I think they're getting results back in like, in 15, like fifteen minutes, yeah. so they can get tested right before. And it's like, all right, you're all negative, but I need you to wear this. Which I get, like I wear my mask, you know, when I'm out in public, so I get why you want to wear it. But like you said, if I can, uh, you can guarantee me a hundred. Like we're negative, we're assuming right now. It's like you know, well, then why am I wearing this? And if I don't, I'm gonna get fined that much. And like you said, maybe it's a it's just us being arrogantly because we don't know the whole story behind it, and maybe 
we just don't know all the facts. But I get what you're saying. If like you can tell me we all got tested, we're all negative, hasn't been a positive test in how long? So there shouldn't be, and and I guess, you know, now that I've talked it out and kind of put it out there, I guess it is all for optics. Like Because it, it looks, you know, it looks like they're, they're <laughs> being responsible. But if they're all negative, there's no reason to wear a mask. No, not. I mean, we wear masks no. in public because we don't know. Because they're in somewhat of a controlled environment because they all, they're all getting tested and they all know they're negative. Like when we go to the grocery store, we don't, well, I haven't been tested. You haven't been tested. Mm. We don't know who's been tested. So that's why we wear masks to protect other people. Because you don't know. Because you don't know and yeah. protect yourself. But in that situation. You do know. You do know. <laughs> and it's it, supposedly these tests are accurate and you're giving us 100% truthful information. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, that's what I don't understand. I but, heard them on the radio today. They were like, why can't they just, the coaches be like, hey, director of the game, quit put me on the fucking screen when I'm calling a play so they don't know if I'm wearing a mask or not because unless the cameraman show the coach, us at home, we don't know who's wearing a mask or not. They're like, why don't y'all just stop showing all everybody? You know, and that, and, and that, that, that's another point going back to, and I don't want to, I do not want to go down this road, but with the whole kneeling and the anthem thing, like oh, why, what did you just do? Why, why televise it? Yeah. Well, you know, even before, I think or it was even up until, bring the players out for it. Yeah, because up until I think it was after September 11th is when they started making, not making, but players would come out for the national anthem to show support. But you know, before that, for decades before, the players would just stay inside. It would be somebody would come out and sing it, and then the players would come out. It was like after 9/11 when we were all wanted to show our, you know, unity and um, patriotism that they were like, yeah, have the players come out. And now it just became such a hot button, whereas before, no one gave a shit, you know? Guys would be inside, like, stretching or in the training room, and then they would come out after the singing was I just over. think that that would be an easy solution. 100%, and, yeah. And it would, it would save the NFL from all, you know, all this discourse and all this discussion around that topic. If And they're losing viewership, and I think a lot of it is because of that. Hey, know? we're just going to keep the players inside, and we're not going to televise it, you know? I, I just, it seems... I'm, I, I'm fine with that, man. It makes no difference to me. I get why people want to. I get why people get upset. But to me, it's... If you have the right to get upset, they have the right to do what they want during the national anthem, you know? But, um... Yeah, like I don't you know. Said, I think we're going down a slippery slope. I don't, don't, don't want to go down And that's all I'm going to dig in and pull us back up. <laughs> okay. but, I, but I do think it's funny, like, even though the coaches that are wearing masks, like, they're so... They're so ingrained by habits that they're still putting their... Their oh, play yeah, sheets in front their of their mouths. mouths, like you have a built-in like 100%, that's, mouth that's, cover. It's just habit. It's habit. Absolutely. It's funny watching the coaches, you know, cover that. You pull the play sheets up to their mouth. Um, Real sneaky. But let's get into that nutso. I don't know, man. Was that the craziest game you've seen since? I, the only one I could think, and I had to look back. It was 2007, like week five. Let me see. I got rid of it down somewhere. Um. Yeah, week five of 2007 versus the Bills. Do you remember that game? The Monday night game. Yeah, because we, again, and it came down to a field goal after this uh, improbable comeback. But even that wasn't that, was, that crazy Tony because Romo, we were down by like 12 going into the fourth. Tony Romo threw five picks that game. Which, you know, has the parallels of the turnovers. But I think that was in a, a – I just think with this game, we got in a, such a deep hole so early to where it was almost like if you're going to turn the ball over three times and go for it on fourth and not convert it – you better do it in the first. You know, you don't want that shit to happen in the second half because then it's over. So that was our only saving grace was our shittiest I put I put on here, man. This might have been the worst quarter I've ever seen. It was the last kind of shocking the last kind of shocking um ending I've seen like that was I want it was it the Iron Bowl 
when oh, Auburn right. Auburn got the kickoff and, and the field goal where they caught the missed oh yeah field that's goal. what it was a field goal that uh, and he ran it back like 109 yards and that was after the Alabama kicker missed like two and then they put in a freshman and all they had to do was like I don't know there was another because they were tied I believe and it was like they Saban could have taken it to overtime so I remember that that was just a wild situation and that's where Auburn went to play the national championship and lost to Florida State that year because they were such a team of destiny. Because they beat Georgia on a wild play like earlier in the year where it was like a tipped ball that just fell into an Auburn player's hands and he took it to the house. And then this play happened and I was like, you know, I remember that year specifically because I was like, Auburn's going to win, dude. It's a team of destiny. Like, they were meant to win this championship. Yeah, so it was... that was Jameis Winston's team. It was that and then... um, I want to say maybe that Minnesota play in the playoffs, the, yeah. the Vikings. I think it was, um, oh crap, Diggs. Stephen Diggs caught it. I don't remember who who whiffed on him because they went for the they went for the big hit instead yeah. of just he literally could have just waited for him to catch it. Open field tackle, game, and then over. game over. But he wanted to just lay that hit immediately. So but, that was a more of a bonehead play. Um, those two games really stick out in my mind. But as far as Cowboy games, this one was no. an accumulation to where I'm, it was like so many things. Because we'll get to it later, but I mean, there was so many things like that trick play to that to Julio that he should have caught. That would have been the the knockout punch. That would have been the dagger. Yeah, and it was crazy that Julio Jones dropped a ball. He's just he just can't score touchdowns, man. He'll get you 150 yards, but he will not score a touchdown. And it was crazy because I didn't really see, and when I I, kind of, I guess I was kind of looking away, but then when I saw, I just saw a ball go up in the air. I didn't know a wide receiver through that. Yeah, it was Russell I was Cage. Like, that was they a ran, great throw. I think that was their second Wildcat play they play, they ran. And um, I can't remember who was covering him. I think it was Diggs on the coverage. And he, I mean, he laid it right into him to where I think he would have been a little short. He might have been at the one or two. But that was a beautiful throw. And that was a straight drop by Julio. Because I'm watching this game with Claire. Well, Claire's on the couch. I'm She's in my there. Lazy boy. She's there. Elizabeth's asleep on the couch because it's the noon game. And... Like all these things started happening because Claire was there there in the first, and I told her I was like this, you know, this sucks. I'm all mad. I was like, we're gonna lose. I was like, but I, you know, of course, I'm gonna keep watching and just see what happens. And then by like, we'll get later on, like I said. But I was like, this game should be over. Atlanta is doing everything they can since the Super Bowl to lose this game. But yeah, we could keep going in order because um, I put on here how the offensive linemen. It was apparent that we were missing both tackles, and it was crippling at times, man. I think Brandon Knight played good game because I don't think he got a single call on him, and I don't think he gave up a single sack. But steal. But steal on that other side. So if – and I don't see why they just don't kick out Connor Williams to tackle like he played at Texas and either plug in Biotish or um, McGovern. You know, two guys that were relatively high picks. I think McGovern was a third-round pick. He didn't play all last year because of injury. I would love to see what he's got. Looney's not impressed me much. I know he's like a team rah-rah guy that people can get behind. But I would love to see what Biotish has, man. This yeah. line, right now, this line is a bad line. I mean, it's got to be something they're seeing in practice. Uh, that's Yeah, that we're not. That yeah. we're not yeah. privy to. But I had written down that. I had written down offensive line is a problem. They can't re- recognize blitz disguises. No, because I think a lot of that too might be on Looney because that was that's the center's job. A lot of that to have is, that head up and make those blitz and pick up those. And that's where we're missing Frederick. Frederick, yeah. Which again, you know, we've talked about this. I don't blame the guy for retiring. He had serious health issues. He's got a family. He's made millions of dollars. He proved that he is an 
he's an all-time great cowboy. He'll be in the Ring of Honor. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because of that short career. He was so good in those times. He was like Gale Sayers or Terrell Davis. He was only had that bright star for five, six years, but he was like an all-pro almost every year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but I think that's, like you said, the blitz pickups, is that's where it's hurting us. So maybe we're just – maybe Looney's making those calls in practice, and we just – we're just – we know we're shitty at disguising blitzes or not even running blitzes on the Cowboys' defense. So when we get in a real-game situation, it's just totally different. You know, I'm going to kind of depend on you, this segment, with your notes, because I got so frustrated I stopped writing notes. Well, but a, lot, I, a lot of my notes were like hateful notes. Um, I, I'll just run through them real quick. Um, I wrote first two drives, two first down runs. I wish we would get away with that. The analytics show you that you have better chances of picking up positive yardage passing on first down. And then if you don't, which leads me to my second point, if you don't pick up good yardage on first down runs, you're you're putting you're setting yourself up for third and longs. And I wrote that was my second point, more more third and longs. Third down is not a bad down if you can get it to third and manageable. Yeah, under third and five. Atlanta had a lot everything. of third and fours, th- third and twos, and we and this is our Achilles heel so far in the first two first two weeks is we're in these two, you know, we're in third and long on offense because we're running on first down, and I say that as good as Zeke is running. Zeke is running the ball the best he has since his rookie year. Yeah, I, I can. Agree um, with that. And then Daryl Worley dropped it, dropped a pick. And I wrote, no, no defensive back should ever wear twenty eight for the Cowboys again, because that's a that's Darren Woodson's number. Um, and then you know I mentioned the offensive line being a problem, and then I just wrote sloppy, sloppy play. Jalen, Jalen blew that assignment on that Hayden Hurst TD, and it, I mean, it just he wasn't close. He was nowhere in the play. You could make a montage at the end of every game about him getting blown by someone or him misreading an angle or misreading a tackle. But what's crazy is he got graded out this week much better than he did week one. Week one just is on terrible. Just on that Hayden Hurst play alone, you know, and just taking – he takes wrong angles. He thinks, I'm going to power through this guy. I'm going to make this move. Or he I can run around this guy. He thinks he's guy. Notre Dame, Jalen. He really and maybe, does. Maybe because he, he – and we probably enable that as a coaching staff because I don't think he's held accountable. Like they need to tell him, like you did everything wrong there. You gave up that touchdown, or you uh, you left your assignment on that gap on that run play, and because you thought you were going to beat this guy at another angle and, and cut off the runner before you can get over the line of scrimmage, and all it did was leave open this this gap right here between the guard and the tackle, and he you know took it twenty yards or whatever. Well, I'm hoping because I think the the last two weeks we have seen an ability from McCarthy to make adjustments at halftime, which is something yeah, Garrett down 29 never to did. 10. He made an adjustment, he never that's did. for sure. And then my last note, and I'll let you take back over, I put down 26-7 to 7 and we're still running the ball on first down. Yeah, that's stupid. Which maybe they knew something that we don't, and they didn't want to get away from their game plan. But, but in think, that situation. I think if, you're, if there's ever a time to get away from the game plan and try something else, it's 26-7 to seven in the yeah. second quarter. Yeah, that's when you mix it up a little bit and say, okay, now we're going to do something completely different because what we're doing ain't working. Well, I just had on there the the kind of feeling what you missed. Like the first – I like the first fake – uh, the first fake punt we went for, which was like a, a pass. I don't mind that. It was just it just it the was execution, execution wasn't there. Yeah. yeah, because they didn't see that. That gunner broke out of his stance and then just made a hard stop, came back like you know, like a legit wide receiver would. It was just a bad throw. So I get that one because they weren't expecting that at all. Well those fakes that 
you call those during the week in film room. Yeah. Because you see when something you see on the film. situation, we're going to do this. You see something on film, like, okay, this gunner, he's not playing. He's just turning his head and running. Yeah. If and so they saw it. Doing that, yeah. And they called it. And it, it, I think, uh, I forget who it was. He slipped coming out of his break, plus the ball was the short. The ball was low, so the slip actually kind of yeah. helped him, to be honest. Yeah. But the, the second one, to go for it on fourth and five and run it up the middle with a direct snap. That was fucking stupid. It was terrible. If you're going to go for it on fourth and five, keep your offense on the field yeah. where you have all those weapons. Keep your offense on the field and, and let them run the fourth and five. And if it's a fourth and five, do you really think? Because I guess they were counting on the element of surprise. Fourth and five, I'm not running that ball. I want to have 11 personnel or I want to have four receivers out and maybe bring Zeke in. You know, I want to have options to where I can just space everything out and have Dak like oversee everything and where he wants to go with it. I'm not going to have a set play like, we're going right there, right up the middle for five yards. That's such an old-school, stupid mentality. The way to do it now is give yourself more opportunity by spreading it all out. So that was stupid. They should have either not gone for it or, like you said, bring their offense out. Yeah. Um, I put, you know, where was it? Like, after so much terrible shit, it's a 12-point game early in the third because we got the ball back immediately, and I think that was a big swing for us. That made it 29-17, I believe. Well, let me go back to right before halftime. That is when, in my opinion, Dak is the best. When they're running that quick tempo and they don't have a whole lot of time to think, and I think that's when Dak is the best when it's just it's quick pace. It's no huddle. He's just slinging the ball all over the field. I think that's where he's the best. I wish we would run more tempo because we have the weapons to do yeah, it. Yeah, and obviously, like you could tell in that final quarter when we were rushed, we looked good because we put up all those points running that quick up tempo, like late in the first half and yeah. then late in the fourth. Yeah, that's where we accumulated that, a lot where, of points and yards. That's where he excels because that's an awesome trait. To have he's got the offense down now because that was always a concern for me. Was it was he going to have it between the ears? And he's got it down. Like I don't, da- I don't doubt Dak anymore. And people in this town love, and we touched on it last week. People love to hate Dak, but what more do you need to show? What more does he need to show you, especially after this last week, that we need to pay the dude? And he is a, a top five, top eight quarterback in this I'd league. I'd say top eight easily. Yeah, I think he's gonna get. Um, I think they're gonna structure it after the Deshaun Watson four years, hundred, hundred and sixty, so forty each. And uh, however, hundred plus million guaranteed. When you know, I was telling my buddy Paul again. This was years ago because I've always been a Dak supporter. I never thought he would be like a top two or three, but I was like, dude, he could be a top eight, top five, maybe. You know, and you have to pay those guys. And if after, I think, I think it was after the 2018 year, after his third year, when he became like, you know, we could realistically sign him. I was like, we could sign him right now to 25 million. And people were like, oh, that's way too much. You can't sign that much. And then, like, Wentz and Goff in that same draft cast got their deals, and it was about 30, 32. And I was like, we need to sign right now to 32 or it's going to go up. And then it was 35, now it's 40, and now it's only going to keep going up, man. Because he showed so much poison leadership to bring a team back from that 20-point down and then 19 down at halftime and that improbable fourth quarter. Because all those turnovers weren't on him. Those were fumbles. You know, he didn't have a turnover. He had one. He did? Yeah, he had one. He was trying to... Oh, where he, he tried to, like, to get flip outside. it out. He was trying to get outside. Yeah, that was, yeah. and instead of taking the sack, he tried he to, like, flip it. He just tried to flip it out real quick to Schultz right there. He tried to do the old Brett Favre. But where it, just, was, it was uh, before he could... Because it, it would have been incomplete, but they, like, got him before. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that was that was trying to do too much. You're right. But but, um, but, to, but normally but he, doesn't turn the, he doesn't turn the ball over. He, 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 he takes ball security very... I mean, that's Which high up on his list. Yeah. I uh, also had on here that, you know, 
you could make an argument that through two weeks, Calvin Ridley's not only the best wide receiver on the field, he might be the best in the league after two weeks. Calvin he's got Ridley, like four touchdowns. I think, yeah, and he's averaged like 100 plus, you know, I think it was like 10 catches, 120 something yards average, and two touchdowns through two weeks. You know, we talk about our three, you know, Atlanta's got a pretty good three, you know, with Jones, Ridley, and now Gage. Gage. He, he broke out. He? He's young. He's still I don't young. think okay. he's a rookie. Because I was going to say, unless he's, he's a journeyman like um, Laurent Robinson kind of guy yeah. that like, blew up for one year, then yeah, that's a great trio, man. And, you know, Matt Ryan had a great game. He did. I mean, he had a, he had a, you know, he put up 39. 39, four touchdowns and lost. But I think, you know, if he was, he's a dying breed of quarterback. He's that statue standing yeah. in the pocket. If you had a dynamic like a Kyler or a Lamar on that, on that Atlanta offense, they'd be scared. I mean, they're already good. Yeah. They're already good now because he put up 450 yards the first week. Now, a lot of that was garbage time against Seattle, but still, I mean, I think that Super Bowl haunts that organization. Oh, they'll never get over it. I don't think they're going to have to get I, – I heard recently that Dan Quinn has the is on the hot seat when it comes to coaching odds because he had the highest odds to, to get fired midseason. Next was like Adam Gase. But they're like, this team mentally will never get over that. They're going to have to like almost do a rebuild with new coach. They're going to have to wait for you know Matt Ryan to go and just – just rebuild everything in the next few years before they'll be able to do anything. Well, they were like one in seven to start the season. They think they ended up in the back half like six and two or something like that. And that's the only reason he he saved his job last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that dude, they're cursed. I can't believe their special teams coach still has a job, which brings well, they us fired, to the, they fired their special teams coach in the off season and brought in and brought in some, some I don't know some a new guy. That didn't know that if you could, because I put holy shit that final two minutes, the onside kick was so improbable. Our last one was um, uh, February 28th, 2014. That's what I was telling Claire, because we had less than two minutes, one timeout. And I was like, okay, yeah, we scored, but we're still down nine because we went for that two point conversion. We didn't get it. So I was like, we're down two. That's nine. That's two scores. And Claire, you know, she doesn't know much about football. She's like, are we going to win? I'm like, <laughs> probably not. I was like, we're going to have to get, because we just scored. I was like, we're going to have to get this on. Or yeah, we just scored to make it 37 39, 39 37. And I was like, we have to get this onside kick. If we don't get this onside kick, Atlanta's going to recover it and they're going to run the ball out because we either, have, I think we had one time had out. One. I was like, we can stop it one time, but they're just going to take knee after knee after knee and it's over. You know, you're going to run the clock out. And, um, Zerline just laid the ball flat. No T, he just laid it. The ball I've never down. seen anything like I've that. I've never seen that either. They said he's been working on that. Well, and and he used a pure soccer technique. He hit you you want to hit that ball to get the spin like that with your instep, but more towards your heel. So you can kind of hit it and kind of just nick it and, and get spin. that spin. Yeah. And as soon as soon as I saw that. Not the ball placement. As soon as I saw the kick and where it was going, I was like, why aren't they attacking it? Yeah, that's what everyone was saying. Because you learned that in Pee Wee. Yeah, dude, that's the most basic thing that the 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 kicking team cannot touch the ball until either they touch it or it ten crosses yards. 10 yards. If you're the receiving team, you can jump on it right now. Game over. Yeah. And so it's rolling, and I'm telling Claire's like, they're not getting on it. But, they're not going to drop on it. They're not going to land on it. We're going to get the ball back. We got the ball yeah. back. Holy fucking shit, we got the ball. And she's like, is that normal? No, that's no. not normal. I was like, all they had to do, they had like four guys out there. All they had to do was lay on and it. And what's crazy is they didn't They didn't have Julio Jones on the outside. They had him more lined up on the inside. Like, he was the furthest most inside guy. And you saw Hayden Hurst backing up, backing up, backing yep. up. And I'm like, 
Are they just going to let the? Are they? Are they trying to let it roll out of bounds? Yeah, I thought that would have been a flag. I guess. Yeah, but I thought. I thought surely. I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, that would actually make a little sense, but it's. Still I don't. Stupid. But I don't think that's what they were doing. Yeah, they might have said that's what they. But yeah, that's improbable. That's stupid. I think they just didn't know the fucking they didn't rules. They know the and rules. I, and the, uh, was it Arthur Blank, the owner? I saw he came out and said, our guys must have not known the rules. He was like, and that's your owner. You know, he made his money with Home Depot. He's not a football guy. He's rich. But he was the one saying, like, our guys just straight up didn't know the rules. And so when we got that, and then CeeDee Lamb had like a nice, what was it, like a 25, 20, 30-yard yeah. gain. Um, set up Zerline again for the, like, I was like, Greg, the fucking leg, man. That onside kick, and then that – that was an easy kick to make, man. I, was, I think was it was 46. a 46-yarder with all the pressure in the world. Because, you know, at that point, Claire's sitting up, and she's watching with me, and I'm like, it literally comes down to this. Everything's on him. She's like, oh, I bet he's nervous. Yeah, he's really fucking nervous right now because it all comes down to him, and it was – You know, and he didn't yeah. have a good first game. He missed uh, – I think missed he missed a 53. A yeah, 53-yarder, but – he probably he, his that's all his paid. dick was slapping his kneecaps after they got that onside kick. I'm sure he was ready to drill but this that's, one. But that's why we you know we paid the kicker money you know to make kicks like that. So it was just one of the. I think I texted you because I was watching it behind. Yeah, um, we had a group chat going with some guys. I muted everything. And I didn't. I didn't. I. I was gonna start a like because me and you and Alex were mm-hmm. texting, and I was like, I was gonna say some stuff, but I was like, you know, Matt hasn't said anything about this yet, so I just texted Alex a little bit, and then the group chat. Obviously, everyone was because we're in a chat group with like our fantasy league guys. Obviously, everyone's watching it live except for you. I'm sure you had something going on, so everyone's blowing up, and then you were like, "Don't tell me anything." But what the fuck's going on? And yeah. I was just like, this is the wildest game I think I've ever and seen. And I think I told you when it was done, like, I think I hit every emotion. Yeah, it was a like roller coaster, watching a, dude. Watching a that football was the game. First thing, I, uh, one of the last things I wrote was that was a roller coaster of emotions. Because I didn't want to tell you anything like, holy shit, man, just watch it. It's amazing. Because that would give it away. So I just want to say that was the wildest game. I tried to leave it like to it where. Was, it was incredible. I mean, I was screaming. It was one of those games where, sorry to cut you off, but if, if you weren't like a diehard fan, you'd probably cut it off, dude. You're like, fuck this, turn it off, yeah. or I'm going to watch something else. Well, I, I, gar- I guarantee you a lot of quote-unquote diehard yeah, Cowboy that's what fans I'm did turn it off. That's why it reminded me of that Week 5 game, because that's when we were living in Austin for a little bit, and our neighbor, who was a, you know, I'm from, he was from Coppell, and he was a diehard Cowboys fan, right? And we were watching that game. It was me and my buddy Zach. Zach doesn't give a shit about sports. But I watched that whole game, dude. Five interceptions later, we watched, I think it was uh, Nick Folk. Yeah, so I remember like, Nick Folk, yeah. You know, that's when Folk, yeah, came out. And I remember banging on my neighbor's door. I was like, man, did you finish it? And he's like, no, I turned it off a long time ago. I was like, fuck you, man. You're not a fan. How did you miss that game? So that, that's what it reminded me of. That's why I wrote it down. Because I was like, I bet there's a lot of fans, quote, fans, that were like, after the first quarter at yeah. halftime, were like, oh, these guys yeah. suck, and turned it off. And I was like, what a wild game, dude. And then I don't know if you want to talk about a few of the stats real quick, but um, I think it was a it, somebody, I think Uzi, you or my buddy told me that like it was the first time that a team scored like 39 points, forced four turnovers, and lost. Like, they, they were 440 and zero, yeah, until before, Sunday. Before and that, that man. now it's 440 and one. Jeez. Since they started keeping that stat in like 1933 or 39. 1933, yeah. And then uh, Dax, the first quarterback to throw. 450 they said 400 plus but he had 450 but at least 400 yards and three rushing touchdowns so 300 and he was named the uh, offensive player of the week for the nfc uh, i saw that so 450 yards and a touchdown plus three rushing touchdowns like guys about to get paid and then later on after all this they showed that um atlanta with 257 remaining because that's when i guess when we were about to score the to make it 37 39 37 it was around then 
up until that point, so it was still 39-30 up until we scored that last one. They had a 99.9% chance of win of winning with 2 minutes and 57 seconds left in that game. Like, we didn't lead at all, except at the end. That's all that matters. Yeah, man. I don't get it. And yeah. when people were like, Cowboys didn't win that game, Atlanta lost it. I was like, yeah, just like they lost the Super Bowl, but guess what? There's still a fucking banner in New England that says they won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I, I hate when people that. say like, Oh, that doesn't count as a win because the other team lost it. Well, pretty sure we're one and one now, which beats two zero oh, and two. Yeah, so I get it. it. We could have easily been zero oh, and two, but again, I also think we could also have been two and zero. Oh. So I don't know what to well, think about this team, man. Well, Not what's right crazy now. Is like I try to imagine what that game looks like or pl- how it plays out if we don't spot them twenty up front. Yeah, because we played great after the first. I mean, and they weren't bad turnovers. They were just Atlanta was just punching the ball loose, or they were hitting our guys. Just yeah, perfectly, they were you know, opportunistic. They were, on yeah, defense. they were playing good opportunistic defense. It wasn't like a like a ridiculous um, interception where I was like, "Where are you throwing it to?" That's in triple coverage. There's no one open, and you just gave the ball away. Yeah. Like they had that peanut Tillman punch down, man. Yeah. So it's like give them props, but also, man, give us props for not giving up and fighting back. Like I was thrilled with that game. It was a roller coaster, man. So real quick, let's look ahead to week three. Um, uh, I don't want to, you know, we don't have to go into specifics, but two kind of games that we picked out is Kansas City, Baltimore on Monday. That's going to be Mahomes versus Jackson, what we all wanted past, to see. Past two MVPs. Yeah. I think it's going to be an AFC Championship preview. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's going to be a game you don't want to miss. It's on prime time. And then for me, Green Bay, New Orleans. I want to see if uh, Drew Brees can bounce back. Um, no Michael I, Thomas. No Michael Thomas still. No. I think he's out until week six, I read. Yeah. Um, and. I, Green Bay, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers. He's had a little resurgence. They've, Green they've Bay's scored, look good. They've scored over 40 in both weeks, man. Yeah, they look they look good. Um, and then we've got uh, Dallas and Seattle for, for our game. Um, we talked a little bit about Seattle in the week two preview. We just wrapped up the Cowboys. I think it's going to be tough because we've got we've added some injuries in the secondary, um, which is where we cannot have injuries against Russell Wilson. You know, Diggs is banged up. I Anthony don't, Brown's Anthony out. Brown's out. Um, I think this week you're going to see more Brandon Carr. Um, I think Cheeto's banged up. Who's uh, was it? Robinson, like Darius Robinson, or our other this, corner we took? Uh, Reggie Robinson. Reggie the third. Robinson. Yeah, I mean he's going to have to step up. Yeah, so that's not what you want to see. No. Um, but it's going to have to be a shootout. Is, Dak and the offense is going to have to carry us. Is Diggs out for sure? Is he he's not out, but he was limited okay. in practice today. I, would I think it all. Diggs. I think it all kind of comes down to uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And whether he practices or not, probably same with Tank. Same with Tank. Yeah. Um, but hey, what about know. what? Have you heard anything about Tyron Smith? It's not looking good. It's Is it a neck good. stinger? It's a I neck. Think. It's yeah, a neck you can't thing. Can't fuck with a neck thing. Um, so real quick, uh, let's touch on the Stanley Cup because we have a local team and a championship, and we haven't mentioned it in the last yeah, couple of podcast, podcasts. Um, but uh, last night, Tampa Bay, they took game three. They're up 2-1 in the series. Just early penalties seem to really – Just like in game two, man. Yeah, seem to, to bite us. Um, and our our big stars aren't showing up. You know? No, the whole front line, the first, uh, first line's not showing up, which is Ben Sagan and Radulov mm-hmm. because none of those guys – I mean, I guess they do other things other than score goals. Like he could set a tone. Radulov gets big hits. He had a huge hit where he whiffed and – probably gave himself a concussion, I think, in the second, which sucks. But Miro Haskin in with just a very un-Miro pass because he, turnover. Yeah, he had a turnover where he was at about center ice, and he, I, he knew he had a guy across, 
but he tried to do like a wrap around and as he was going to the ground and it just led to like the easiest one on one oh breakaway and I was just like fuck 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 one oh just like that and then we came back um Stamkos came back which I made a big deal about in our group chat, but everyone else was like, oh, fuck them, we're good. I'm like, do y'all remember how good Steven Stamkos is? And his first shot, first, not only first shot on goal, just his first shot. Since like it. February. Like yeah, he's, he's been, been out since, since like... February. And I'm like, Tampa Bay has been the best team in the playoffs all year without Stamkos. Without Stamkos. And then Stamkos comes back and his first shot goes in. But, so I was like, God didn't he get, damn it. He did get injured, re-injured though, right? He I think, didn't come no, back to the bench. He, he, he came back in the second. I don't think he played any more lines. I think he played like, I think he played a little in the third. Um, but they said that could just be easing him into it. I don't yeah. think we ne- technically re-injured him or he got re-injured. It's just like, hey, you got a goal in your first five minutes, you know, maybe take it easy. But And I think like, you know, obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, um, maybe we should have got Dobby some rest. Yeah, maybe they pulled him, him after game. the second, right. but after it was four to one. Right, you know, because he's been on a tear. He's been our backbone. Yeah, he's, he's yeah run. he's he's the backbone of this of this uh, Stanley Cup run so far. But so but we'll see the the Friday Saturday back to back is going to be tough. They're going to have to start that that kid the goalie. I can't think of his name right now, but he's like um he was on like the national team out of Minnesota. He's I would like to say I don't know, man. It's so tough because Friday's game is such a huge fucking game. We're either going to tie it or we're going to be in such a hole. That's why I kind of thought maybe they'd pull Dobby this game or game three and start the kid. That way, yeah. you're not you're if you if he goes in, if he goes in and he doesn't perform, you're down two one. Now if you if yeah, you sit right. him Friday, should have done it a day. If you're sit him Friday three. and we don't perform, now we're down three one. The backs, are, that's it. We're all Pretty the way up much, against yeah. the wall. Yeah, um, so just just that back to back game. Dobby's gonna need some rest. Um, we had a shorthand goal, which was fucking cool. Those are rare, but Tampa Bay just looked better than us in everything. They capitalized on all our mistakes. We had a few takeaways and breakaways, but then their defense would recover so quickly. And it and, seemed like we couldn't our clear shot. our lines. Like we couldn't yeah. clear that. We couldn't clear the puck in the defensive end. That you know we would win. We would win faceoffs in our defensive end, um, and then they would just take it right from us and get a shot on goal and it would go in. Yeah. It was the most frustrating thing to see. And, you know, it was I embarrassing. Had, I haven't had Lauren watching it. And she's I, like, are we normally this bad? I'm like, no. I mean, we've kind we of been. We were, we're the number one defensive team unit in, in the West. Yeah. That's why it sucks to put up, to let them see you put up five goals because I get, we're not going to be the team that always scores five, but we shouldn't be giving up like more than two. And even, with our units. even, even the coach, um, he's like, you know, there in that um, in the in the Western Conference Finals, like there were games where we did have to score, or we did score four and five. But That's he's like, we're style. he's like we're more of a you know two one one zero three two type yeah. type team, and that's what we need to get back to. That's why, and I feel like. Tampa Bay getting that rest post game one, and then the resurgence of Stamkos back was like, I was so fucking pumped and, out. Man. And you were right. I mean, Miro looked off. He didn't look. He obviously didn't have it. I mean, you got. I mean, I. You can chalk that up to a lack of experience because he was our number one pick. I think he went like three overall in 2017. He's a young kid, dude. Yeah. He is only going to get better, and he's going to be so fucking good. Like I love Miro, but you know, in a big moment, he made a big mistake, and that yep. kind of set the tone. That goal, and then quickly after that, the Stamkos. And when your captain comes back after like, what is it like? 
seven, eight months and makes a huge play like that in the finals, like that's going to galvanize the whole team. And I, from that point, I was like, at, I internally, I was like, it's fucking over. When Stamkos made that to make it, even though it was only 2 nothing, and Dixon tied it up, uh, or not tied it up, but got that shorthand to make it 2-1, I was like, no, nah, dude, they're playing with so much you know, passion right fire, now yeah. with fire, with, with their rest, and with Stamco back. And then, sure enough, dude, we got our buttholes just trucked the rest of the game. Yeah, so we got games four and five Friday and Saturday, so it's going to be tight. Dude, yeah, it's going to be tight buttholes all over Dallas. Yeah, because we're either going to come out of this, yeah, we could fucking lose it this weekend, or mm-hmm. we can come out on top. Yeah. We could come out with a, with a series lead, or we could be going shit home. Shit the bed, yeah. So tight butthole, like you said, I'm, I'll definitely be watching. All right, so that takes us uh, almost to the end, and we're going to close it out with what are we watching and what are we listening to. Um, for me, I've been watching, speaking of hockey, I've been watching the show Letterkenny on Hulu. Uh, have you ever seen Letterkenny? I've seen a few episodes, man. It's like, it's Canadian. It's Canadian. It's good. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. I just know you and Ryan, I think, always talk yeah, about I it. Yeah, I, I think I got Ryan into it. I may not have, but me and Ryan, he's kind of the only one that that gets my uh, Letterkenny humor. But it's on Hulu. It's a Canadian show. It's a show about a small town in Canada and kind of the hijinks and and stuff they get into and there's obviously hockey involved because they are in Canada uh, but it's like really smartly written it's really funny um I highly recommend it it's probably one of my top five kind of comedy series going right now um and then I've been listening to since it is cowboy season uh two podcasts one of them is called about them cowboys it's got KT who used to be on the fan he's on 97.1 now um dave hellman who's a writer who's a really popular writer for the cowboys and here recently they've had um mike reiner on from the ticket formerly of the ticket so it's been cool to hear uh, mike reiner on but it's a really good show they're you know they're it's it's put out by the athletic so they're yeah, not that's tied good quality they're not tied to the cowboys so they give you know good opinions and they've got kt on there who's super smart um, and then Hanging with the Boys is another Cowboys podcast, but that is that is ran out uh, by DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's Jesse Holly who used to be on the fan. I was wondering what Jesse's been up to. I always like Jesse. Yeah, Holly. he he works for. That's good that he's yeah, still working. He's he works for that. DallasCowboys.com. He cool. he's on Hanging with the Boys. Nate Newton's on there, and then Nasty two. Nate. Yeah, and then two other. But really, I'm tuning in for Nate and Jesse because they play off each other. Jesse is. <laughs> Jesse doesn't hold back. Um, he kind of tells it how it is. Yeah, he's, that's what I've liked about him, though, man. Yeah. So those are his experiences in life. Those are the two podcasts I've been listening to for you know Cowboys content, and then musically like MGMT, uh, their first album, Oracular Spectacular. That's probably one of my top five albums all time, like favorite oh, albums. High praise. No, it's very good. It's very very good. Um, I've been just jamming that this week a little bit whenever. I've been, you know, editing or working on research for the for the pod or whatever. So yeah, what have you been watching? Uh, we had our me and Elizabeth had our movie night Tuesdays as of usual. We started Toy Story four. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's really I'll, good. And I'll get completely invested, dude. I was so into it. And then, you know, we had our snacks, we had our drinks, we had our pillow, and then I don't know, forty five minutes in, she's. She's like, let me lay on your pillow. Let me lay down and like, give me a blanket. And it was after setting the scene, man. It was after they're trying to rescue Forky from that diabolical 
like antique store, you know, Bob, they found Bo Peep, they got Buzz back, they're making a run to go get Forky, and then I hear some precious snores, and I look down, and she is out of it, man, right when the action is hitting, and I'm like, I was so invested, I was thinking about finishing it, but she'll want to watch it next yeah. Tuesday with me, where we can finish it, and I... She doesn't get, like, the plot points or the characters or, you know, what's going on. She likes Jessie, the cowgirl, and she likes Bo Peep now. You know, like stuff like that. She likes, you know, she'll remember those characters. But I was like, all right, well. Forky was a great new character that they introduced. Yeah, and isn't there, like, a Keanu Reeves stunt man character? Yeah, I'm about to say, because you're right at the part where it's about to get yeah. real good. And okay. there's a couple other uh, no characters. There's a couple other characters that get introduced in the uh, in yeah. The there's like the store. stuffed the stuffed animal uh, from the Buzz Lightyear. They were going to the prizes. Yeah, those guys were funny. I feel like those are two like famous. Is that Pixar? No, I'm trying to think of. Um, I don't know these guys that have a show on Vice. These two black dudes that do like um, oh, fuck Nero and Jesus and Nero. Jesus and Nero. That's what I thought it was. But it I didn't might look that it up. might be. I was thinking. I was like, man, if that's Jesus and Nero, that'd be so fucking cool. But um. So yeah, we were watching that until she fell asleep, and then I just happened to like turn it off, turn on Hulu, and it was FS1. There was a, I think it was called the story of Tua, and it was you know basically the history of Tua Tugavailoa and his family, and you know how they're from like the American Samoa, and just like that history, and you know how your name means everything in that in that culture, how you know like everything in life it's not like it's not how rich you're born or what class you're born to it's what name you carry which i think is very honorable you know it's not about money and class it's about like your um like i was saying like the respect you get from your family name and how you carry yourself and then you know his family moves to hawaii and his dad was just like training them from such a young age they would go to the beach but not to have fun they would do training drills in the beach you know so running in the sand was more difficult and he just trained his son to be the absolute best uh, his grandfather was like the leader of their community and his grandfather would always say how you're destined for greatness and you're going to make the Tugavailoa name like known around the world and you know he believed it and he just made that shit happen and he was he went to some like um, it was kind of like a quarterback camp with Trent Dilfer I think it was called like the Elite 11 Elite 11 yeah yeah and he ended up getting the envy like they were saying when he got there he was, had all the talent in the world but he was really raw and made like poor decisions by the end of it, dude, he was the fucking MVP because they were like, this is what you need to work on, and he just honed in on it. He just had the work ethic that any team would want their quarterback to have. And I think he's like a super good dude, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nicest guy. Whole family's respectable. Just so nice. Like, I'm a huge... I've always liked him from watching him at um, Alabama, but you didn't know, and so I was watching it, and it talks about how, you know, he's won, he wanted to go to USC his whole life, but then I think it was like one of his grandparents was like, well, if you're the best in the country, you should go to the best school. Alabama's just been hanging dick on everybody for like 10 years. So he goes to Alabama. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, they were down like 13 to nothing in that national championship game to Georgia. They plug into a – he was a true freshman that year. Dude. I remember that game, Coming man. back to win in overtime. They showed in overtime how they were down a field goal, so a touchdown would win it, and he took like a terrible sack. They said on the first play of that possession. Next play, he's like reading it right, but he's going left the whole time, but he's reading it. He slung that ball. In an instant, he just – Looks to his left and chunks it, dude, like 40 yards, like a, just a absolute dime into the hands of the receiver. And that was national championship, just like that. And they were like, everything changed overnight. You know, he was just like big man on campus, and it was leading up to his injury. And I just remember how well Jalen Hurts Handled came across. like a pro. Yeah, yeah, again, just another good guy. He ended up transferring to Oklahoma. He was second-round draft pick. Second, Yeah, but, he, you know, he was a Heisman yeah. finalist. He was in the playoffs. So, obviously, both guys are good. Just Alabama's just flush with talent. 
But it they shows, had a, they had to his brother too, and he transferred yeah. out and went to Maryland. Yeah. So and it just talks about you know his injury and how he just had to come back from that because at that game I think that was a Tennessee game and they were up like thirty five seven or some shit and it was like the last possession of the first half and they're like we knew he wasn't gonna play in the second half but he was adamant too it was that he wanted to finish the first and he just had like you know it was when you see the hit it's two guys hit him and they put all his weight and he lands on his hip so it dislocates his hip his face got driven into the ground it. Broke his nose, gave him a concussion. He was all types of fucked up. He couldn't walk off. They had to cart him off. But then it just shows like his work ethic and how he's gonna get back. And that so that was you know the se- the rest of it was just him working to get back and getting his strength back up. And it's like, dude, Miami just got a franchise future franchise quarterback. I think he's gonna be like I think he's gonna be better than Burrow, who went number one. Which I get why since he took Burrow, he had the dream season. He's from Ohio. So I get why they do it, but two is so fucking special, and he's got that family lineage that believes in him, and I mean he's just destined for greatness. And then uh, listening to the podcast is one I was listening to called um, Undercover, which I listened to the first season. It was about the um, not NEX. What am I thinking of? That sex cult. Nexus. Nexus. And um, so this one was about um, this. It was about the Canadian Pacific Flight Twenty One that killed all fifty two people on board on. July 8th, 1965, when a, a bomb was detonated over, like, the Canadian wilderness somewhere. And, um, they, I mean, this is – so, in the first episode, they tell you this is still the biggest unsolved, like, crime in Canadian history. They don't know who did it. They don't know who planted the bomb. They have four suspects, all like, four people that kind of had shady past, you know, criminal records. One guy took out, like, an $800,000 insurance claim, like, at the airport, which I guess you could have done back in the day. So I'm just now getting into it, but it's just real interesting the fact that you know that was that was a fucking massacre, man. Like you know, 50 years ago, and they still don't know who did it. So it's just diving into that. And then um, I haven't quite listened to the new CD yet, but it's the new Perfume Genius songs called "On the Floor." It's a really good song. Um, that those guys have been around for a few years now, and it's just you know good catchy music. And the, they would have opened up for Tame Impala, which breaks my heart because that's the one thing this year that I was looking forward to so much was that Tame Impala show at American Airlines. So damn you, COVID. Yeah, for real, man. Like I know everyone's been hurt and everyone's been affected. Luckily, I've you know come come out good so far. But it's like I really wanted to see Tame Impala, man. Tickets yeah. were expensive, and we would have been in the nosebleeds, but it wouldn't have mattered because I would have had that would have been like I'm I'm thinking probably one of the best shows ever. Just like that music, that setting, you know the the <clears throat> the speakers everywhere, the laser shows. Like I cannot tell you how excited I was for that show. And then I'm glad I didn't buy it because Ticketmaster and all them they stopped giving out refunds. If you had if you bought a ticket in February and that show was in June and obviously it all got canceled, they at one point they stopped giving out refunds. They yeah, just re- ate your money. Yeah, I remember hearing about all that. And it would have been like with fees and everything, I would have probably spent almost four hundred bucks. So luckily the last sporting event show i got to go to was a winter classic at the cotton bowl with my dad that was fucking sweet that was new year's day of 2020 so i'm glad i got to say i got to go to one sporting event this year and dude it was a winter classic where we just beat the shit out of the nashville predator so you know it is what it is 2020 let's hope for a better 2021 yeah i think we're gonna end this year with a shot and we'll just never speak of this year again nor should we 
So, but I think that about does it uh, for this episode. But before we let you go, I do want to remind you again, if you haven't done it, leave us a rating and a review uh, on iTunes and, and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any feedback or any questions, please feel free to email us at um, thedadlabpod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. And we appreciate everybody who's been listening and and writing in and, and giving us praise. And um, we really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Uh, it, no, thanks, Troy, yeah, our Troy. number one super fan. Um, no, we really appreciate it while we're trying to get this thing to grow and, and get it off the ground. But um, uh, we appreciate it. And for Matt. And I'm still Andrew. And we're out.